Yeah, the one you're picking up? Just thinking about him. He gives me the willies. Yeah, a decade ago, Halloween night, he murdered 16 people, maybe more, trying to get to his sister. Nearly got it, too. But his doctor, of all people, shot him six times. Then he set him on fire. Both of them nearly burned to death. Yeah, I'll be glad to see this one gone. Yes, indeedy. Welcome to hell. It's the invasion of the podcast. And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where I take over the world one listener at a time. Um, I'm Paul Thumbhole in the head, Stedman, and to my left is Steve. Cops do it by the book, King. <laughs> I prefer Beer Belly uh, King, but uh, got a bunch of beer bellies running around the city. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, I was going to put that in my notes. I forgot to, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to be talking about Halloween 4, uh, the return of Michael Myers as part of our spooky October still. Uh, just thinking of like listening to that intro makes me think of the Mitch Hedberg joke about how... Um, He's like, you know, he's like, he'd be a terrible mechanic. If someone's like, my car doesn't work. He's like, well, maybe a killer's after you. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. Um, Yeah. Before we go off on our normal tangents, we we have some news we're going to get into here in a minute. Uh, Like talk about Halloween 4. And then we have a a game involving uh, mixtapes, which we've done with uh, Marvel and DC characters before. But you're Mm going to do with horror characters. That's correct. Yeah. So. All that coming up and more, um, but first, uh, weekend stuff, because that's that's what people listen to the show for, is what we did when we weren't here. So, a uh, couple of things. First thing I just wanted to mention is, is that uh, um, with our topic this evening obviously being Halloween, uh, my wife was getting us tickets for the new Halloween film, which opens tomorrow. Um, You've and not talked about this at all. There's no. a new Halloween film coming out. <laughs> But uh, she was like, hey, uh, Regal has the 40th anniversary of the original playing the week before. Do you want to go? And I was like, yeah. So nice. that Thursday, um, the Thursday after, or the day actually that the last show was released, we went that evening and saw it on the big screen. And I've seen it now twice on the big screen and once at a drive-in. And if I could see that movie on a big screen, like every October for the rest of my life, I will go every time. So um, it's just one of those things that like if i could do that all the time i would and um if you get a chance if it's playing like next year in a th- uh, at a theater near you i would highly recommend seeing it on the big screen so mm-hmm. that was my thursday um saturday we were in a very cold environment uh as the temperature dropped to like the lower uh 50s almost in the 40s and we had a garage sale which was yeah. perfect weather for that so like last wednesday when we were recording something i just it was ungodly like the hot in this room yeah it went from being like uncomfortable to i was melting like we were talking about from beyond and i felt like that was perfect <laughs> and so then but then like like it just all went away like thursday friday and i saw someone post on facebook that they're like um the temperature drop from 90 to 50 is just like it saw a cop like it, it yeah. decided to slow down <laughs> like, just like, I'm, yeah so I'm, survived that but then sunday 
um, I went out to Lessons in Fear, which is a, a haunted house in um, Perrysville, Ohio. And what's cool about that is, is last year they invited a bunch of artists to come out and paint uh, basically anything that you wanted. Um, and three on, came back. What's that? And three came back. Yes. <laughs> paint anything that you wanted on the walls and on... Um, they had big uh, boards that were um, prepped for painting, like um, large boards, like uh, eight by four. Oh, so, wow. like, yeah. Um, and uh, we were there last year, and uh, Ryan at that time did a scarecrow, and I did a mummy. And then this year, when we came back out, Ryan did this really cool Dayglo. Um, he used Dayglo paint for a like pumpkin king um, in a pumpkin patch. So it's got these very bright oranges on a like bluish black background. Um, and I did a uh, zombie portrait um, on mine, but uh, it's really cool haunted house i've gone through it last year um and i was painting this year when they did a little tour if you go to the siren slasher um facebook page you can actually watch videos of ryan going through some of the haunt um but uh they are a haunted schoolhouse um and it's three levels that you go through um and they have everything from like uh, a slaughterville out in the back of it, um, which is sort of like a, not so much a corn maze, but it's like a, a little like pre-attraction before you go in. Um, and there's some scares there. Um, and then in inside, there's um, like a laboratory. There's um, a, a cafeteria or a butcher's area. Um, all kinds of like great spooky stuff inside. And there's three levels that you'll go through um, while you're there. And um, it's family run, and it's a new haunt that's only been going since uh, 2016. So they're um, making their way, but they're they're a really cool place to visit. And uh, in that spirit, they've actually given us uh, some tickets to give away on the show here. What? I know. So um, if you would like to go, I have four tickets. Uh, tickets are normally $18. So the four tickets, that's that works out to be like $72 bucks, um, that they gave to us to promote uh, the haunted house here. So um, all you got to do is, is go on our Facebook page and just say, hey, I want the free tickets uh, to Lessons in Fear. All right. Um, and if you want to check out their website beforehand, uh, it's lessonsandfear.com. Um, and then I wanted to mention, too, that this uh, this contest is going to end October uh, 20, 21st, which is Sunday, because uh, we'll need to mail the tickets out to you so that you can use them on the last two weekends, because uh, they're open the last weekend in October and the first weekend in November. Um, so write in to the Facebook page, say, hey, I'm interested in the tickets, let us know. And within, uh, you know, <clears throat> if we get more than, uh, you know, a couple, we'll we'll do a raffle and we'll figure out who does it. But uh, just all you got to do is go on and uh, let us know and uh, uh, we'll go from there. And then obviously we'll message you and get yeah, your information yeah. to send you out the Yeah, tickets. if we end up getting like multiple people like immediately, then we'll do some kind of, you know, yeah. uh, we'll flip a coin or roll a dice or something. And But, but you know, uh, again, this will be, I mean, not that you guys know because you can't hear it yet because we're just recording it. Uh, unless there's like someone outside the window just listening with like a glass up to the, like to the wall with, through their, their ear and they're listening. Like, I'm going to I like right to now. think that's how my entire life goes. <laughs> yeah. There's someone always listening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This will be posted um, 
first thing Thursday morning. So if you guys hear and want to you know message a message us, that's fine. That's cool. That's really nice of them to give us some free tickets to give away. To, yeah. to scare people. That, that's that's the be- the best thing. It's like, hey, do you want to scare some people? That's you know like. Give them some tickets. So. Yeah, I mean, they they got a piece of my heart by being like, hey, we're going to support local artists by giving them a place to show their art and invite you guys to come out and do cool art. And uh, that right there, you know, put them in... Uh, Put them, put them up a notch in my book, but then actually going through the haunt um, is a really fun haunt, and it's October. Who doesn't want to go to a haunted house in October? I mean, I don't, just because I, you know, I, I'm a man, and I'm trying not to be so scared in front of people. I get easily startled, so I don't want to yelp like a, like a frightened not man, like a, like a child of some sort. Well, that's and why then, you have uh, to take your wife, because what happens is, is usually when they say that it's you and like uh, a significant other, they just spend all their time like working on them so like it happens every time kathy and i go they don't even pay attention to me but they're like oh yeah that's fair okay i'll just be like yeah wife of mine your love of my life i'm going to shove you towards that closet with that person <laughs> yeah, and i'm getting out of here no 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 it's so uh, haunted houses are fun so that, that's really really awesome for lessons of fear to do that so yes please yeah um, and thank yeah. you for having us out lessons in fear if you want to see photos of the uh, paintings that ryan and i did both last year and this year they're on the saturday night uh, slasher uh, web comic page and they're also up on our facebook nice all right so um yeah my weekend uh you know not nearly as cool i didn't do artwork i didn't go to a haunted house um you know i i had a birthday party because our, our like steve's birthday was the beginning of last week and mine was actually when we were recording last week but whatever like you can't plan your birthday to fall on a weekend so screw it i had my birthday party on the weekend uh, got silly. Um, I am currently drinking one of my one of my wonderful birthday presents. My one friend got me a forty ounce because, unfortunately, I turned forty, so I have a forty for my forty. And Steve's been watching me enjoy this before we started recording. It's um, it's wonderful. You know, not really. Uh, <laughs> one bitter uh, ounce for every bitter year. Yes, you know, like keep it coming, God. Uh, no, uh, no. So that was. Uh, so keep that was. Coming, I, God. I don't know. It's, it, it's the malt liquor talking. Um, is it that happened that we went to a wedding on Sunday? Sunday weddings just seem weird to me. I've never been to one on a Sunday before. Uh, there are religious reasons as to why that happened. So it wasn't just because someone was like, "We're doing it on a Sunday." So that was okay, but it was like having a party the night before and then going to a wedding the next day. It was just, I kind of got social uh, social interaction out, like, over the course of, like, two days. So Monday, I just, like, I just, like, didn't talk to anybody. Like, I just stayed at home and just, you know, cocooned myself up. Um, and that was it. So that was that was my weekend. Nothing, nothing crazy there. But uh, before we get to news, uh, some other stuff we want to mention here real quick. Um, last week... Uh, after we recorded the show, I, I just happened to be a guest on the Talk Without Rhythm podcast. We've mentioned it on this show a few times. Uh, El Goro was gracious enough to have me and my co-host on Strange Highways, the Twilight Zone podcast, Kevin, on to talk about some British anthology films. We talked about uh, one from the 60s called From Beyond the Grave, not to be confused from from the From Beyond conversation that we had last week. And then one that came out uh, this year or last year uh, called Ghost Stories. So if you guys want to check out that conversation, go Talk Without Rhythm podcast. Uh, um, you know, you can find it. Uh, it's, it was a very fun and uh, spirited discussion because, uh, you know, you get three people talking about a movie. And they may not all end up on the same side of the conversation. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I listened to it. It's a great episode. I think that I enjoyed 
the discussion uh, about uh, From Beyond the Grave a little bit more than the other one because it was prefaced with like, if you haven't seen this, you might want not want to listen. And I was like, but I want to listen. So I listened. <laughs> um, so my hope is, is that uh, by the time I get around to watching it, uh, I'll have forgotten what you guys said. Yeah. So that, that yeah spoiler spoiler alert um here I'll, I'll throw out the uh, spoiler alert after I said all that. Do you know why they are called spoilers? We spoiled the hell out of both of those movies. So if you have any interest in seeing them, maybe watch them first. If you don't care, then listen to the wonderful conversation we have. But so yeah, that happened. That was a lot of fun. Always fun to be on that show, um, and I appreciate it. So uh, last thing, speaking of Strange Highways, the, the, the show I do with Kevin, we decided, because we like challenging ourselves with very little time, that um, we're going to do a live uh, radio drama on Facebook. Uh, it's going to be uh, going on um, Mark Your Calendars Tuesday, the 23rd at 9 p.m., uh, we're going to have some people together, go live, do a radio play with like microphones and a script and all that, because since our show deals with anthology horror uh, and like short form horror, why not do a radio play? So that was the idea, and we've committed to it, and check it out, guys. It, it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be interesting. It could be go off without a hitch. It'll be a lot of fun. Or the wheels will fall off, and it's going to be us like constantly like put out fires for a half hour. <laughs> it could be one or the other. Now, Probably a mix of both. When you say it's a radio show, will will there be a video component to yes. it as well? Yeah, we're going to like said so it's going to be on Facebook Live. It's going to be like you're actually going to see the, like, everybody participating, reading you know like the script into a mic. So I mean, you know, it kind of ruins the illusion of a radio play, but I mean. It's Facebook. It'd be weird to run like a, just a black screen for thirty minutes. No people click on you know like so. Well, I didn't mean that. I no no no. I just no, I just, like, like we yeah. It's going to be live, so people can see <laughs> us doing it, and we're going to do like a little intro bit to begin with, and then we're you know we'll have a bookend. So it'll be, it's going to be fun. Uh, so uh, you know. <laughs> Uh, you know, by hook or by crook, it's going to get finished. So check it out. It'll be a lot of fun. Like I said, it's going to be uh, next Tuesday, which I know podcasts are in posterity, but it's going to be October 23rd at 9 p.m. on Facebook. Um, I just check it out. You get to see me flubbing lines that I'm trying to read as opposed to me flubbing lines here off the top of my head. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. You always do the Sterling, Sterling uh, narration beautifully at the end of every episode. Yeah, you know, I, I'm getting better. You, you know? are. Uh, just, uh, yeah. So, all right. Uh, yeah, enough about uh, pimping all of our wares. We'll pimp some more wares later because, you know, we're pimps. That's we were, we, we, we were a slave to talking about other people's projects. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, like, let's just get to some news. everyone this 40 ounce isn't good news so it's i can tell you that but i'm gonna get through it because you know because it was a birthday present and you don't get rid of birthday presents um well i mean technically you will be getting rid of it at some point well, that's true but could you imagine if i went to the store and I'm like can i please return this 40 ounce and be like for what like a different 40 ounce <laughs> like, like, you know um yeah so all right news uh what do we want to start with we want to start with the simpsons uh john carpenter or gotham we got we got all things that we love we're um, talk about. let's go with uh let's let's go with um the gotham finale first okay so uh steve and i don't watch gotham uh you, you watched a few episodes of it watch the first three episodes yeah. and there wasn't like the third <laughs> episode like, was actually where's the batman <laughs> where is he uh no i mean i watched the first three episodes the first the third episode was actually interesting enough but it just i there wasn't enough to keep me interested you know it was getting better but not quick enough for my taste my so i 
you know, for me, sometimes the the the, the DC stuff's a hard sell, even though the CW been doing wonderful. It's just they're like, hey, Paul, did you like this? Did you like? Did you like? What if you just have all of it all at once? And I was like, that's too much, you know. And they're also now talking about doing a Superman show on CW, so they're going to keep. Are they? Yeah, that was just announced today or hinted at today. Okay, great. I mean, if people like, cool. I don't have time anymore to watch all of it. But Gotham, uh, the idea of them doing like a you know prequel before you know Bruce became Batman, um, I you know it was it could have been interesting. You would have had Jim Gordon be more in the role of the guy trying to save Gotham, right? Like with the, yeah. the PD and all that, and um, the villains kind of rising and all this. I, it's just my thing is like if the end point of the series was just showing Batman become Batman, I had no interest in the series because it's like you know where it's going. Right. I might, I don't know if I told you this, but like how great would it have been at the end of the first episode, you you have uh, Thomas Wayne holding his dead son, not because I want kids to die, but like what if it was Bruce that got shot right. in the alleyway and there's no Batman or Thomas Wayne takes up the mantle like in a uh, uh, Flashpoint, you mm-hmm. know, like then at least you're like, you're like, you know what? You don't know where this is going. Right. Like, but with, and I'm sure they've tried to twist and turn it a little bit. And that's the problem with the story we're going to talk about is that the finale, the last seasons this year, uh, the actor who plays the penguin is a very much a trim guy, uh, and he talked about how then the finale they're going to jump forward like ten years or something to kind of show like the Gotham that we know. And he's like, "Oh, don't worry, I'll I'll be you know the penguin, like you know overweight, whatever." It's like, do do we need that? Like like with DC now announcing that their their movie stuff and their TV stuff is this like what they call it, other the the worlds of DC. Yes. Do we need to have everything always like come back to the familiar? You know? Like, yeah. I mean You mean yeah, as and you agree that No, no. <laughs> I, so I mean, going back to my whole like I watched three episodes and it was starting to get interesting, but not enough not interesting enough to keep my attention. One of the things that bugged me, at least within the first three episodes, is is that they went out of their way to like give you villains that oh this is who you know the riddler was edward nigma before he was the riddler this was the penguin uh they introduced a character who was poison ivy but apparently not poison ivy they introduced a character who was going to be catwoman like it was like within the first like show i feel like they bombarded you with classic yeah. batman villains i'm like i kind of have certain things that i like and and again i think that I think everybody has specific headcanon uh, when it comes to characters that they love, the things that they like about them, or things that make them interesting. So for me, I think that the idea that um, that there's a question about whether Batman is actually fighting crime in Gotham City or if his presence invites craziness mm-hmm. is an interesting question. Because if Batman shows up and all these things are already there, it kind of takes that out of the play altogether. I agree. Yeah. You know, I like the idea that, like, you know, once he came on the scene, the villains of, of Gotham became crazier and crazier. They weren't just gangsters anymore. They were, you know, jokers and riddlers and, you know, had gimmicks and were far afield from what your normal, typical gangsters would be. Um I think that, like, when it comes to a prequel, I guess I should say, you know, there's only so much that you can show us before we get to the point where we know things. Like, there's only a certain point where you can get, like, there's no way for them to end it and be like, well, I didn't see that coming. You know, like, (laughs) um, Batman will become Batman. Um, And, you know, maybe there is, maybe they've gone so far afield on the actual show that, like, you know, I, I won't, you know, I'm not going to watch it. So I don't, I shouldn't say myself, but like maybe people will be genuinely surprised. But I feel like there's an end point for that 
story, no matter what, that's going to take you into the familiar. So that's, I guess that's my point with like, like you, you try to, to say that this is going to be different, but then you're going to tell me it's going to end the same way. And it's like, that's where I don't have, I don't have interest. Cause I, right. I feel like you could still tell me some really cool stories and still use the bones of things that, you know, and that you have liked, like you, you, t- you say headcanon. And it's like, there's a lot of things that, can zig when they need to zag and and I appreciate that and this is not the same level of storytelling or, or show but um I I, the, I have not seen the most recent season of Better Call Saul but for being a prequel series and the Breaking Bad like storyline it keeps showing you things that you did not like there's connections and like oh that makes sense that makes sense but it keeps dropping these bombs of like I didn't even consider that or I didn't know that and it keeps it fresh even though you know Bob Odenkirk's going to become Saul Goodman it's like that you still, you know, you still don't know exactly. I mean, maybe the season shows it, but you know, it keeps it keeps you guessing when the other shoe's going to drop. So, you do know? you think the last scene will be him donning the mantle of Saul Goodman? Yes, yeah, it's going to be him <laughs> and being the lawyer that you know we, uh, not the lawyer we want, but the lawyer we deserve. You know. <laughs> so, I mean, on that topic though, I mean, that the, is the, different the, though. The last scene's going to be uh, Hal from. Uh, from Malcolm in the Middle coming, moving into Albuquerque, and then you know becoming a, a science teacher and taking on the name Walter White because of uh, <laughs> witness protection because of something that's you know that Malcolm did. That's what's going to be the last scene, you know. But I mean, they're not. While they are, yes, it's saying yes, it's a prequel. It's not like it's a prequel about Walter White, though. You know what I mean? It's not like here was him as a teacher before <laughs> he thought he had cancer. The, the adventures you know? of Wally, like like as a teenager, you know, right. Yeah. Uh, which is Gotham is sort of his rap career of Heisenberg. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I feel like Gotham is marketing itself on the fact that it's like it's giving you everything in Batman's world without Batman. You know, I'm and sorry, you just see Aaron Paul in like in like utero, like like you see his mom like in <laughs> passing, and it's like she's like two months pregnant. It's like oh, that's going to be Aaron Paul's character one day. <laughs> that's anyway. Sorry, <laughs> I don't want that show. I kind of want to watch it though. <laughs> <laughs> uh breaking bad babies yeah no just uh uh you know i don't know what you'd call it breaking <laughs> with an apostrophe <laughs> breaking bad because it's going to be set earlier in the timeline but electric boogaloo electric boogaloo no but anyway you were saying i i you know i went off my own head cannon about uh about right now you're writing that show in your head yes it's amazing yeah. uh, no i just i feel like you know they're doing it with another character and while there may be ties to breaking bad in that show it's not it's not marketing itself as like the show that's going to give you or take you to the very end of, you yeah, know, or fair. beginning of where Breaking Bad begins. For for me, you know, I think another example of this is, is Smallville. I, I actually was, when it, when it first debuted, I was like, I have no interest in that. And then I watched the first season and I was like, okay, this is kind of interesting. I like the, the relationships that they were building with Clark and Lana and Lex and I think it was like around the third season, they started doing theme episodes where it was like, there was an episode that was like a Fast and a Furious type episode. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm dipping out of this show. But the thing that I was really interested in was, is that they kept saying like, you know, he won't put on the suit until the very last episode. It's like, great. Uh, I missed seven seasons, but I tuned in for the very last episode to see him in the suit and it's kind of a cheat because it's literally just him opening his shirt yep. and flying away. And you're like, <laughs> oh, man, if I'd have watched that for 10 years straight, I'd have been so angry. Yeah. Um, but I think that there's only so much that you can do as far as 
exploring that world of the prequel, especially if it's a character that you're building up to, like a Batman or Superman or you know any sort of comic book character. I just I'm starting to think, and this is me going to be probably proven wrong as soon as I say it, that a lot of the pop culture audience out there now can can tell the difference between you know like. <laughs> If anybody's approached any type of comic book thing, you you know the idea of retconning and rebooting and all this over and over and over again. That's how comics have stayed in existence because, you know, for the longest time, Peter Parker was never going to not be in high school, you know, and then, yeah. then they aged him a little too much and then Mar- the Ultimate Universe came out, he's back in high school, you know, like it's just, you know, you, you have your wheelhouse of those things that you know, but they keep resetting it and, and whatever. I they, I think that most people would know in passing that Gotham is not connected to the CW shows, yeah. right? Uh, so why I, why do they always have to come back to this familiar point, though? I, that's what I like. Tell like if you if you feel strongly enough in your character arc and where you're going with something, what what if this becomes like uh, like a Marvel what if? And it's because they'd always do like these offshoots of like what if what if Wolverine was a nice guy and didn't kill anybody? That would be a really lame issue. But like what if? What if Wolverine was the Punisher? You know, like they would do something like that. Yeah. Like, what if this thing started off like you get like two seasons in and Bruce is again dead? I don't know why I keep wanting to kill a young Bruce, but then Jim Gordon becomes the Batman. Yeah. Like, how, like, you would be like, you don't know, like, it would be, you'd still be staying true to some of the ideals of the characters that you like and still have some of those dynamics. But then you open up the world to all these much more interesting, like, ideas of he's a vigilante, but he's also running a lot of the police department. You know, like, it would be. I don't know. Like, I feel like they're shortchanging themselves by being like, don't worry, the penguin's going to be fat and be a bad guy, like, ultimately. Well, I also all. think it's it's odd that they seem, for whatever reason, to be like, you know, we're going to do every single possible variation of these characters as we can do, except we won't do Batman as a TV show. What <laughs> we'll do is, is we'll show you Gotham and Gordon and all these characters before he becomes Batman. Now we're going to do a prequel series about Alfred before... Yeah, that's what... Yeah, that's um, so... It's not on Fox. It's going to be on Epics and some. I forget the other. There's another something. Yeah, it's it's not going to be tied into Gotham, but it's going to be an Alfred prequel story of him being young and like a former British agent. And it's just those things piss me off because it's like let's find characters that are interesting, but we know they don't have a power set, so that way we know we could just do spy stuff at a, like a, a probably a better, a more approachable budget than doing like a hero show, you know? Yeah. So, which I'm okay with if you tell me good stories, but, but I mean, what are they going to call it? Like, is Pennyworth. it just, I think it's called Pennyworth. Okay. It's going to be called Pennyworth. Are people going to know that Alfred Pennyworth <laughs> is Batman's Butler? Like how many people know his last name? You know, right. like it would be like if they did a penguin show, but just called it Cobblepot. I, I kind of want to watch that, but, <laughs> but make it more like, you know, it's more like the CD underworld of him, you know, like trying to deal with everything. Uh, th- that'd be cool. And I, I do wonder like where the line is at this point. I remember. Don't worry. We'll get a prequel series to Alfred's father. And then we'll going backwards. <laughs> well, no, I mean, just the amount of shows that we can handle. Like I'm at the point now where I, I'm so far behind. Like I've <clears throat> kind of bowed out on certain things. Like I've, I, so, Okay. We'll use Marvel and DC. So Marvel, um, I haven't uh, finished Punisher season one. Me neither. Uh, I haven't watched Luke Cage season two or Jessica Jones season two. Me neither. Um, I haven't watched Iron Fist season two, and now that it's canceled, I don't think that I really need to anyway. Um, <laughs> I, I would give that just like, you know, I would watch it in a sense of like, oh, okay, maybe this got better, and then they stopped it. <laughs> but... Um, and I mean, 
when you jump over to the DC universe, it's spread all over the place. Mm-hmm. So you've got the CW shows, you've got Gotham on Fox, you've got Krypton on um, Sci-Fi. Sci-Fi. Um, you have Warner Brothers' new uh, app thing that they're starting that's going to have a Teen Titans show on it. Uh, Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. And, um, Swamp Thing? Is the Swamp Thing coming yeah, out? Yeah, TV yeah, show yeah. Too? yeah. And so... Uh, and I, that's not also including stuff like iZombie, which is also a DC comic book from the Vertigo line, I believe. Yeah. Um, but I remember the year that like Constantine, iZombie, and I think, I don't think it was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., something else launched the same year. And I was like, there's no way that they can sustain this many shows. And we're at the point now where like literally almost everything on the CW is either a superhero show or... Or a teen drama like that's yeah the only one that seems to, the only one that seems to like like what was it um oh uh, crazy ass girlfriend which is ending this year and then um Jane, uh, the, Jane virgin. the virgin as well I think it's also ending soon maybe not but like those are like the ones that were like the the, the chance takers that kind of like stuck right. which I love crazy ass girlfriend I know we've talked about this off you know off air I know your wife enjoys it a great deal as well. It's like I wouldn't be surprised if it gets tied into the CW at some point. <laughs> like we find out that uh, Rebecca Bunch, Brunch Brunch Bunch, uh, her ability to just create musicals in her head at moments notice is like she actually is the music master. You know, like <laughs> she becomes a villain on the Flash. Yeah, because they brought her in to help write some of the songs for the Flash musical episode. Okay, with her because they had um, Grant Gustin and uh, uh, Melissa. What's her name? Uh, Supergirl. Uh, oh, Benoist. Benoist, Benoist or Benoist. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure. How to she say. also has a background in, like theater stuff too so they had them te- like they it was they had them singing yeah so, but they had um you know uh, uh rachel bloom come in and write some of this so it's like it is all connected you know <laughs> but anyway yeah and then we have black lightning on there um there's the, like, oh, so God, the superman show coming um uh marvel's announced there's going to be another abc superhero show coming oh yeah uh then there was uh, cloak and dagger not cloak and dagger yeah, cloak yeah and there's dagger. cloak and dagger i was thinking dabney coleman that's not right cloak and dagger we got uh gifted um, we got gifted we got legion um you have preacher uh, it's on AMC. Yeah. Um, Walking Dead is a comic book show, yeah, although there, it doesn't get credited that way yeah. most of the time. Um, then I know what The Boys is coming. I know yeah. that was... Uh, there's. You're right. There's a saturation point, but you're talking about universes. You know, I don't know. Like This yeah, is a whole other topic. I didn't mean to get into this this far, but I... This show yeah. is not about Halloween now, folks. It's about... Uh, no. <laughs> no, but if, if the point is like Gotham is going away, which I didn't expect that show to last a season, honestly. I didn't either. Uh, so credit to them. There was a following there. Um, but if it, it just ends up being with Batman being Batman and the villains being villains, then I'm kind of glad I missed it. You know, yeah. like, and that's because I think I think that with the, with writing and effects and budgets now, especially with the money that Warner Brothers does have, you could have a badass uh, Batman detective show. Well, that's the thing that I don't get. Yeah. Like, he's the one that you don't have to go crazy with the special no, effects. You could for. do like not that you would, but you could do like a ten episode season of one mystery. Yeah. And it could still because Jessica you Jones could do the does long it. Halloween basically. Yeah. Like Jessica Jones is like she's a private investigator, so there's invest. I mean, you could argue people would say she doesn't do much investigating, but the intense there, you yeah. know, it's just just as much as investigating Batman does these movies, you know. But you could do like street level, like it would that would be so awesome, you know. Right. Like I, I, I still think Daredevil is the best Batman show on TV right now, though. Yeah. Like, uh, and I will yeah. say that, like, uh, even though I haven't watched the other Netflix shows, when that drops next week, I'm going to be watching season three of Daredevil. Yeah. So, so anyway, enough about comic books, I guess, because I mean, I don't know. We could talk about that forever. Because I don't. Know, if, you're, this is your, if this is your first time listening to the show. We we do talk, talk about comics <laughs> often. Um, well, I'm hoping that uh, we get a uh, an Avengers uh, spinoff TV show about uh, uh, Tony Stark's butler. Um, well, okay, so Agent Carter. 
Like, you, like that's true. I forgot about I, that. I really liked it, and yeah. I, the second season, I it was one of those times. Like the second season is now available in its entirety, so I, I need to go back and finish it. I just I missed like an episode somewhere, and I didn't go back to finish it. Not because I didn't like it, because I really did like it. It was a lot of fun. It was in the right vein of that time frame. It had enough of the weird Marvel stuff, like with tech and some of the outlier stuff. But like Agent Carter's, she was a good character. Yeah, but. Like it was like, it took a while to warm up and people didn't latch onto it. You know, but it, it's, you're right. That's kind of the same thing. I, yeah, I watched both seasons of Agent Carter and I enjoyed mm-hmm. it a great deal. I was actually hoping to see her go a little bit further in her series as well and yeah. like get really not dark, but like really action oriented because there's a lot of, there was a lot of like comedy and intrigue in it as well. But I kind of wanted to see her doing a little bit more ass kicking. So mm-hmm. I was hoping that was where the third season was going. But yeah. Um, right. That's neither here nor there. Yeah. So anyway, enough about that. Um, so some a, a topic that you know, The Simpsons. Um, you know that that show people. You know it's only been on for a few years, um, and so it's it's actually it's thirtieth season right now. Yeah. Um, the th- I feel so old. There's people now that are contributing member society that probably have their own like they're starting their families that that didn't exist when the Simpsons started. Yeah. <laughs> like think about that. Right. Uh, but the reason we want to mention is because uh, typically the beginning of the seasons, because they start later in the year because of Fox with baseball uh, and football, they just get a later start because of whatever. Uh, usually one of the first episodes of the season is the Treehouse of Terror. Yeah. Um, which um, say what you want about the quality of the series and uh, you know how it's hit or miss anymore. That's my opinion. Your mileage may vary. The Treehouse of Terror is always something worth watching because there's this, this short little, you know, like that's the anthology, right? Yeah. So, and sometimes the parody is worth the the five seven minutes that you watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to mention it's not been announced to be renewed for a thirty first season, but you know it's going to happen. If it does, when it will, the thirty first uh, uh, Treehouse of Terror will be episode number six six six, and I appreciate that. Yeah, and I like that one of the producers. I I, I was reading the stories. One of the original producers was like, as we planned like thirty years ago <laughs> for this to happen. So, um, yeah. I, that would be fun, um, but Treehouse Terror, yeah. It just uh, my wife was watching a bunch of them uh, on Monday, and I kept. I was like in the middle of doing stuff. I just kind of stop and just watch a few minutes, and I still I, I enjoy them. They're wonderful. oh yeah. I mean, so everybody's doing particularly like, for instance, we've already talked a little bit about uh, Talk Without Rhythm, but um, El Goro is doing thirty one movies, you know, for all of October. Yeah, you know, one I one more movie a day. He's recording a blo- like recording a podcast. Yeah, I can't believe he's doing it because I. I, I can't find the time to do it, and I'm like, I want to, but what's nice is is that just to get my kick to, of Halloween. To watch a movie a day. Yeah. Not just record a podcast about no. it. No, yeah, like, like to even just watch a movie a day, I, I haven't been able to do it. You're sitting there with your phone, just talking into your phone while watching <laughs> it. Yeah. But uh, um, what's nice about the Treehouse of, of Terrors is, is they're a nice little like bit of Halloween yeah. goodness that I can fit in that's bite-sized. It's a 20-minute like, you know, little thing that I can fit in, you know, even in my most busy day that I can be like, I, I got 20 minutes to sit down and watch one of these. And they're always great to watch. I actually have a bunch of, uh, I don't know, from, God, it was 15 years ago now, but they did Burger King uh, for their kids' meals, did a bunch of Treehouse of Terror um, toys and oh. their, their uh, Happy Meals, their kids' meals or whatever they call them. Um, Every time I look at those, I just kind of smile because there's some really great ones in there. And I, I don't know anybody who does not do because I have, so I have a haunted crusty doll. Um, I have, 
uh, from Suncoast Video, oddly enough, they were selling uh, the pull string crusties. <laughs> it might as well just be a dusty lot that's covered <laughs> in a tornado. I'm like, where'd you get that from? Suncoast. It was just there a moment ago. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it, uh, <laughs> it it has the switch on it and everything nice. for uh, good and evil and um, but I don't know anybody who doesn't do the you know the Frogert bit or we, we, we the, even did it when we were talk, doing that talk yeah about you guys so we ended up getting into that just because how can you not you know <laughs> you know the cursed. Um, the yeah. cursed donut the sh- the shinning the <laughs> like like there's so many like perfect uh, little. Um, parodies in that series that like you're bound to you're bound to not to to like almost every one of them like you're bound to not find one that you're like yeah i didn't like that one well even like like the one in passing that i was i saw like uh it was the terror was it 15 feet or wherever it was when we're barks yeah. on the bus and there's the grimler the gremlin's <laughs> messing with the wheels and he's like trying to convince people there's something out there um, and it's like, you know, like obviously that that's a, you know, paying homage to the Twilight Zone with the Wing Walker, a terror yeah. was it uh, 10,000 feet or something, 20,000 feet, whatever it is. But the, you, even though you know that, you can still watch that without knowing it's a direct reference to the Twilight Zone and still enjoy the story. So it's funny you say that because I, one of the thing, episodes I just watched this week was the Treehouse of Terror, I think it's two, where they do It's a Good Life, which was the episode yes. of Strange yeah, Highways yeah, yeah, that yeah. I was on. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know that I, 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 I'm, I may have forgotten about that one at that point, but like it started, I was like, "Oh my god, this is the one that's that's a, a parody of that." And uh, I like getting to the Simpsons one better, just because it's Bart getting upset that he ends up having a good relationship <laughs> with his father. He's waking up; that's the nightmare. Is like, "Oh, I'm getting along with my dad. I gotta wake up." Well, they also yeah. go so far as to like just quote lines from the episode. The whole like, "It's, it's good that you good did that." Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I'll have to go back and watch that again. But yeah, like so, um, it, it's like. As much as I feel like The Simpsons should have been sunsetted a long time ago, even if you could still do that and then come back once a year with a Halloween episode, I'd be okay with it. I think so too. Or you know what I would love, like in a perfect world where they were like, we are going to do a second Simpsons movie, but it's going to be a a Triassic Terror movie, and we're going to, you know, uh, release it in October or something. That would be awesome. Yeah. So, so I guess it's not the most breaking news compared to our Batman talk we just had, but I just wanted to mention it. So yeah. Anyway, that's I. I'm sure we'll end up mentioning the Treehouse Terror again at some point. Uh, but yeah, uh, that was I'm just, uh, episode six six six. Good on them. I, I enjoy that. So last thing we want to get here, and this is actually a good bridge to what we're about to talk about. Um, so Drug Carpenter's doing like press tour right now for the new Halloween film that Steve did not tell me about whatsoever, and people were like asking questions. He is a producer on this new one, and I, I think the reason a producer is because they're like, we'll let you do the music, and he just signed right up immediately, and. He's been all about that. I heard the score in this thing's awesome, by the yeah. way. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say real quick for yeah. those of you who uh, are thinking about purchasing the uh, the score, I had pre-ordered it in iTunes in, up until a couple of days ago. They didn't actually have the track listings. And then they released the second track from it, which is called Halloween Triumphant. But along with that was the actual uh, rest of the track listings. And glancing through it, now I'm seeing the movie tomorrow night or the day that we're record where this is releasing. Um, so I still have no idea what the movie's actually going to be. Uh, but there may be some spoilers in those track <laughs> listings, and I'm kind of hoping I'm wrong. <laughs> but I was like, ah, oh, crap! Why did I look at this? That's so. that's not good. Like, yeah. they're, they're supposed to be a little bit more vague, you know, like. Uh, 
stalking about. Well, there, Shatner mask. There are ones that are like you know the shape kills and things like okay, that. That's you know, yeah. but there were two that were specific that I was like, oh man. Um, well, okay, that sucks. But like, I don't know if you remember when the Phantom Menace came out, but people were pissed that the the soundtrack came out, and one of the last uh, like tracks was like, I think it's titled like Qui Gon's Funeral. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be like that'd be like if I was like, "Hey, look at this Infinity uh, Infinity War uh, soundtrack." Oh, uh, Red Skull returns! Like, oh god, damn it! You know, like just yeah, like just, yeah. Um, the, the snap along with Thanos. I don't even know what that means. It just feels like yeah, so, um, yeah. So okay, yeah, uh, but yeah. Anyway, so Carpenter was uh, doing the, this this press tour, and people were kind of asking him. And, and so there's there's been some clickbait articles around a lot of stuff that he's just kind of said in passing. Everyone's like, oh, they yeah. read a whole article, and it, it pisses me off that I that I read it because they're like, could there be a Prince of Darkness TV series coming? It's like, no. His comment was like, you know, hey, you know, of all the things going on, why not? As opposed right. to, I'm working on it. It's like that's not a true story. But people were asking him about um, they live about like adapting that and he was like well there was a sequel and then they kind of like talk about other stuff and he's like I, you know what he's like i'm not going to say anything else because you know that's pretty close there, there's something that might be going on he's yeah. basically he didn't say anything further because something is cooking we don't know what it is but it could be a they live uh tv series um i'd be all about it yeah like i think that'd be fun bring keith david back like and have him have a 15 minute <laughs> bar fight style like a wrestling fight every episode with a different wrestler i would that's not the point of the movie, but I would love it. But have him come back as like a member, like an older member of like the resistance or something. Did he die in that movie? I can't remember. Did his character die? Well, he's on the roof. They don't really say. Okay. So he lived then. It's Keith David. You, you got to have him live. You know, is it Keith David? Yeah, Keith David. Not David. David Keith is. I get the, is it's Keith, Keith David. David. Okay. Sorry. I was, David Keith is the artist, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, David Keith, you're thinking of Sam Keith? No. Anyway, yeah, anyway, sorry. There's an actor named David Keith. Yeah, uh, yeah Keith David is yes. the narrator and awesome guy and everything, yes. Childs. Was he, no, he was not Childs. God damn it. What was it? Anyway. Are we talking about the thing now? No, I don't know. I don't even know. Go on, please. I want to just, I want to look up Keith David. So my he, he, whole thing. He was in They Live. Yes. He, he's, he's also in the thing. Um, no, my whole uh, point <laughs> is. Thank you for correcting the movie I love. And I'm like, I don't know anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, the, the, uh, the point that I was going to make is I think we're already living the sequel. So. That's fair. Um, you know, watching it now, you're just, I kind of see like. The, the message that that uh, Carpenter was trying to convey and which was kind of satire back then is sort of the reality we live in now. So, yeah, I, well, I mean, that's that's fine. But I think you could still <laughs> if um, if for, OK, I, we don't get political on the show, but I'll just say if our president went on TV and like pulled off a mask and he was one of the aliens from They Live, I would believe it in a second. So. You're right. He was child's in the thing. What is wrong with me? What? Why is my brain broken? I I don't know. It could be the malt liquor. Yeah, so anyway, uh, that might be what happened. Blame it on the malt liquor. Blame it on the malt liquor. Is that not a song? It should be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I think if they live, a TV series could be fun. Uh, I think it kind of, you know, you could explore some different ideas of what was going on with that influence mm-hmm. and, and also that excess. Um, and then the whole the whole joke of who could be, you know, one yeah. of those things as well, like you're talking um, yeah, I mean, of, of all the other Carpenter properties, like, what else would you want to see made into, like, a longer-form TV show? Um, I mean, I kind of think that Escape from New York or Snake 
the Snake Plissken adventures, actually. <laughs> the Snake Plissken adventures. Uh, the Snake Plissken mysteries. But now that I think about it, I guess if I'm going to pick between the two uh, Kurt Russell performances, maybe a big trouble in uh, a... Uh, Pork Chop Express TV show or oh, something along those lines might great. actually like, work better. He doesn't actually ever do anything good. He just wanders into all these things <laughs> that everybody else saves the day. Yeah. He's like the Hulk, but instead of helping people, <laughs> he just shows he's up, up yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and espousing the, the, the virtues of the Pork Chop Express. Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, I just, so, but hey, more Carpenter out there, you know, producing, you know, making things happen. I'm all about. So that's, that's, well, I also understand he likes money. So yes, he likes money. It keeps him in cigarettes and video games. So, <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, enough about, uh, enough about John Carpenter. Uh, I guess maybe we should get into some, uh, more Carpenter talk, Carpenter adjacent talk. Yes. So, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for news. I, I want to like pat myself on the back, like, but we still took like seven hours talking about Batman. That that should be the name of this podcast now: Seven Hours About Batman. That should be. <laughs> and then the next episode would be Seven Hours About Spider Man. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're getting to some more uh, uh, Carpenter adjacent talk with our talk about uh, Halloween Four: The Return of Michael Myers. And now for our feature presentation. Ten years ago, on the night of October 31st, a small Midwestern town fell victim to an escaped killer. Under the cover of darkness, he carried out the most horrifying mass murder on record. Sixteen people in cold blood. Ever since that night, no one has forgotten his name. And Halloween has never been the same. Michael Myers has come home. He has returned for one more night of unholy terror. Michael! He's here to kill that little girl and anybody who gets in his way. Oh, God! Who's going to be next? Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. Maybe nobody knows how to stop it. There's a little bit of Unsolved Mysteries music in there, too. Where it's like, you know, <laughs> the mystery of Michael Myers. Update. No, uh, yeah. He's so, returned. Um, I, I, you know, not to step on the lead here a little bit, but like, again, this is uh, Steve's uh, Halloween month uh, of uh, Shocktober. Uh, so, why did you choose? I mean, I know we're going to get more into the the actual talk about the film, but uh, you you chose this one in particular of all the Halloween films for for this month. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's quite a few different reasons. I mean, the first one is is that uh, just simple math. This is the 30th anniversary of the film. Oh, um, it came I, out I in '88. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, second, I kind of feel like everybody's talking about the original right now, which get, don't get me wrong, rightfully so. I mean, um, the focus is on the original, particularly with the new Halloween coming out. But I feel like there's a lot of coverage of that right now. Um, and then lastly, um, this was the first Halloween movie I saw in the theater. 
Um, it's my second favorite after the original. Uh, and then lastly, uh, there are things about it that have inspired the comic that I work on now, the Saturday Night Slasher. So, is, um, it, is it the town full of beer bellies running around? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, for instance, the trailer that we just listened to, um, one of the things that I really love about that trailer is just the narration at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 10 years ago, he murdered 16 people in cold blood. Um, when I was writing the Saturday Night Slasher, putting it together... I couldn't figure out how to introduce the character. And then I, for whatever reason, I was going through the trailers or the special features on the Halloween discs and I came across that trailer and, and it just struck me. I'm like, oh, well, I'll just start the story off with him already being established. Um, he's a serial killer who's on the loose. There's a newspaper that kind of gives you a little bit of background like in, in the first like 10 pages of the comic, but we see like just one of his kills. Um, and everybody's already sort of on edge because he's out there. Um, it's something that's talked about. It's something that's, you know, pre-existing. And because we know that there have been these previous crimes and things that are happening, these murders, it, it I don't have to build in his origin into the actual story. I shouldn't say his origin, but his... No, it's, it's baked in because if you have the apprehension, people are going to talk about it. And the legend's sometimes bigger than, you know, because it's, it's... Yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's, it's, the, a, it's a good way to bake it in. It, it's He's new yeah. to the readers, but in this world that, you know, that the characters are living in, it's already an established thing that's mm-hmm. happening. Um, and I, I really like that. Just the fact, too, that that narration is so strong deadpan it's very like you know 16 you know people in cold blood halloween night like i just it's like the narration of texas chainsaw massacre right like you, you like it's so matter of fact that you're like did that really happen like you almost believe it like it's just mm-hmm. it's very authoritative and this is the reality of what's going on like he, you know, this guy 10 years ago killed all these people and now he's back. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I mean, like I said, I, I had to start the story with him, you know, offing somebody to show who he is as a threat. But like beyond that, I like the idea that it was already established in this world. And I think that that's the other thing that part four does well is, is that um, when it comes to the individual films, and we can talk about this a little bit more once we talk about the series as a whole, but um it had been a few years since he'd been on the big screen. And after three people didn't know if there'd be another Michael Myers movie or another Halloween movie. Um, Mm -hmm. So part of the marketing for that film was all about like him returning and giving you back that character and giving it to you in a way that was both familiar, but at the same time upping the stakes. Okay. So yeah, that, that that's a good point to jump into. Um, <clears throat> so last year we covered um, on, on the show, we covered Halloween three season of the witch, which at the time, no pun intended, uh, Carpenter and uh, Deborah Hill, mm-hmm. right. They wanted to uh, move away from, cause they believe the Michael Myers story was, they thought it was over with the first one, but they were, yeah, producing and helping a little bit like they wrote the second one um yeah uh and they they wanted to move on they wanted halloween they liked the name in terms of like they want to tell different halloween stories they wanted different threats and different things to deal with so halloween 3 is a very weird movie and um i i enjoyed a great deal but it is a bit goofy at times but uh it's very much a departure from the first two 
Yeah, I mean, so much so that they include somebody watching the original Halloween on TV in the movie. Yeah, so um, so I was so I was really confused when I started watching this one. I'm like, well, where's Tom Atkins at? That's what I want to know. Uh, <laughs> like, did I get wrapped up? Or is everything okay? Where's Silver Shamrock now? Uh, so th- so that movie didn't do as well as they hoped. So then um, I was reading of the history of this where they, you know, uh, the one the producer. Um, the the big producer Mustafa, yeah, God. he wanted to to go back more of the traditional route, and at that time Carpenter and Hill were just kind of they wanted to wash their hands of it and kind of move on because they 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 had submitted a script idea that was dealing more with the town, dealing with more of the ghost of Michael Myers in the sense of like like you know you talk about ten years ago like yeah. how's Haddonfield re- like how did the how have they moved on from this thing. And so the the script was kind of rejected. Then they wanted to get right back to Michael Myers. So they they sold their rights uh, to Halloween to uh, to him. And so then uh, they were like wanting to kind of get back to basics. Yeah. And uh, that's what I was gonna say. This feels more like like a soft reboot um, than it does. Uh, you know, like it is a sequel. I mean, but oh yeah, it, it, it walks a lot of the familiar paths of the first to kind of be like he is back. Don't worry, it's Michael Myers. This is what he's doing, right? So. Um, so yeah, it, uh, finding out that the script, and I wanted to mention this just because I found this out that, uh, so the writer of, um, of this, uh, is, uh, it is, I had this in front of me and I lost it. Um, it's Alan McElroy. I yeah, that, yeah, that's right. Alan McElroy from Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, even a Cleveland joke in the movie. Yes. I, yeah. I wrote that in my notes. So he wrote this in like 11 days and beat the writer's strike by like hours just to get submitted. Yeah. So they can get it writing. I feel like that's a little showed in the movie because it's like, it's, it's not, it's not a bad movie. Uh, there's just bits where it's like, Oh, they could have probably figured that out better, you know? But the fact that he was like racing at the clock just to write this Halloween movie and get mm-hmm. submitted. Um, and then it was also directed by, uh, Dwight, uh, Dwight little, who's also from Cleveland. I just want to point that out. <laughs> But uh, I didn't realize these guys would go on to do to have successes and failures and things I wasn't aware of. So uh, Alan um, uh, McElroy ended up uh, writing uh, some of the Spawn animated series, but he also is credited as writing the Spawn film. So uh, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, he also wrote Wrong Turn, which is the movie about the taking a wrong turn uh, about the the teenagers finding the the family of inbred uh, hillbillies in West Virginia that I have refused to watch. Because I grew up in West Virginia and it pisses me off. That's the go-to. Yeah, I'll be um, honest. I have not seen any of the wrong turn films. So. You're standing in solidarity with me. I get it. Thank you. Uh, no, but that's, you know, he so this spawned a franchise for him. Uh, he um, wrote uh, Rapid Fire, which is the the Brandon Lee movie before The Crow. Okay. <laughs> like, so, like, he's done... You know, like it's just he's had an interesting career in the sense of like I've heard some of I've heard some of this stuff, and you're like, oh, um, what was it? He wrote the Condemned Two, which was the sequel to the Stone Cold Steve Austin actioner from WWE Pictures. Wow, yeah, uh, which I've seen the first Condemned. I haven't seen the second one. I didn't know there was a second one. Doesn't surprise me. Did, it looks like he wrote Ballistic X versus Sever. Do you remember that? Yeah, that, that's yeah. Uh, is that the Stallone? No, that's uh, Banderas and uh, Lucy Liu, if I remember right. Okay. Um, because that was the whole thing of like, why is this called ballistic colon X versus Sever? Like, there was oh. going to be. Wasn't a there a Banderas uh, Stallone movie, though? That um, was Specialist, like... wasn't it? I don't know. Yeah. We're, we're far anyway. afield at this point. Yeah. So um, it looks like he also helped write the Resident Evil film, uh, some other stuff, too. And oh, he also helped uh, write The Marine 4, which is another WWE production. <laughs> so, nice. Great. You know, um, uh, so Dwight Little. 
I just want to mention that this guy actually went on to direct a couple things. Like he wrote, he directed some episodes of the X Files, uh, did some Law and Order, uh, some Twenty Four. So and like he's had like good TV work. Mm-hmm. He ended, he ended up directing an uh, Agents of Shield episode. So I wanted to mention that as well. So it's like he's, you know, the guy's the guy's still working, and he's, yeah. he went on to do like other things. But it's like, um, you know, like he, he also did Bloodstone. That was the uh, Full Moon Pictures film, if I remember right. Yeah. Uh, so, and I think he also directed Rapid Fire. So look at that. Those Cleveland boys working together to make the make that happen. So, and I'll say this, yeah. like, and we won't go into five because five is my least favorite of the series because it botches what you're given at the end of this film. Um, but I wish those two would have been able to do Halloween five. I wish I would have seen what their version of that movie would have been. So. Uh, not to this is going a little too far ahead but with five and we'll talk about the ending of four so four five and six are all kind of together right yeah people consider them to be a trilogy even though in a lot of ways they're not okay so so anyway so um uh, michael's back um because of three was you know not a success people were you know people were thirsty for some michael myers um in the poster shows the original mask yes the movie does not have the original mask in it. So what's interesting yeah. about it is, is that it's a differently cut. Like I, it's built off that same Shatner mold, but okay. it's just differently designed. It looked like Brett Spiner as Data running around <laughs> trying to kill people, and I'm like, I know, I know the Star Trek thing was still in my head, but it was like, why is Brett Spiner a dick? Yeah, I'm what like, what I like about that mask, and I completely understand why people don't like that mask, but. Um, the thing that I like about it is it's the only Halloween film where we actually physically see him grab a different mask. Yeah. Um, we see that he's grabbed a different mask, and while it's supposed to be the same one from the first movie, I, I like the fact that like at least there's a reason why it looks different. It's not like he's going from movie to movie and the mask just changes for no reason. That's fair. Um, I at least like that for... And granted, it's even just a you know pickup shot in the movie or whatever. Like It's not like a plot point. But for me, it at least gives me the okay to be like, all right, I can see the difference, you know, and why it's different from what we've seen before. Um, so I I completely get because I've seen a lot of memes on that mask, <laughs> um, and your data comparison is not that far off. Oh, okay. I, was like, <laughs> I, I, I didn't go searching. If I'm not the first person to make that joke, that doesn't surprise me. But uh, so this movie, like, so my impression of it. Is that it starts off fast with like little like it starts off real lean and then it doesn't really know like where it wants to go and then it is kind of until until the last couple minutes, it feels very much similar to everything like, to what I mean I'm sure I'm sure that the producer and everybody involved wanted to make sure that, that this new one had more of a soft landing meaning people wanted Michael Myers back give them what they want yeah and then don't go too far off with it right. Um, so that's all well and good, but I just, there's just a lot of like, I don't understand the motivation other than he was being moved from one hospital to another. And then while he was supposed to be comatose for 10 years with no muscles whatsoever, um, someone happens to mention in passing that Jamie Lee Curtis's Laurie Strode has a daughter. And then he's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, you pissed me off now. I didn't. I was. I was going to be perfectly docile for the next ten years. Yeah. And it's like and he starts attacking people in the ambulance, and that's it. Like he drives. He drives a thumb into the forehead, which I'm like, I don't understand how that's possible. Yeah. It's still like that caught me off guard, even though I knew it was going to happen by reading like about the movie. And I'm like, that's sudden and savage, and I know why that is. Because they did additional pickups later to add more gore. Yeah. Because they felt the movie wasn't wasn't vicious enough. They were, you know, I mean that at that time, like you've got, you know, the Nightmare series and the Friday Thirteenth series really going to town with the gore, and they wanted to match that. And I, I would still say that that movie is far tamer than both of the those franchises at that. Yeah, point. There, there's some there's some bits where he gets his fingers under people's skin and rips, and it's like that's horrific. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the thumb in the forehead it was like, it was like this bowling ball works now. Like what? Yeah, it's like <laughs> dead, you know. Um. So that was that was uh you know, that was okay for a start. Um. I feel like the movie was a missed opportunity for, um the the Doctor Loomis character because mm-hmm. you get, um you get uh Ple- Donald Pleasant's back, and you hint at his his fate from the end of the second movie where he survived this fire or the hospital. He's now hobbled. He's disfigured. And everybody kind of believes he's this, he's this kook that just is expecting, like you know, Michael to come back, you mm-hmm. know? and it's like, and he does. So then, um, I just feel like he disappears for stretches of this film, and I feel like he should have been more the focal because he was the one that was always waiting, you yeah. know. And and Donald Pleasance, like, I he, he there's times where he hams it up and chews the scenery, but he is the most established actor here, and he knows exactly the film that he's in. He knows his character. And he has some really good line delivery at times too, but I, th- I think that even though he his whole goal is to stop Michael, there's still an element of that he knows he failed this person at a point where he was it was still reachable, and that's no longer the case. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like he's almost trying to be a caretaker of the rest of the world to keep them away from from you know Michael, and I, I just I feel like the the movie should have focused more on him than than what we got. So that's that, that's a bummer to me. Yeah, that's fair. I think. You know, obviously, Jamie Lee Curtis did not return for this film. Um, she was done with the Halloween series and would never make another movie again. Um, never twice again. Yeah. Uh, but uh, um, they, you know, built in that, you know, she, her character had a daughter and, um, you know, there's still that link to Michael Myers. Um, but it, it, I think they tried to duplicate, at least with the Loomis character, what he was in the first one where he's the one who's basically telling everybody like this thing's evil you can't you know you can't bargain with him you can't do anything um but try to survive him at this point like there's nothing that you can really do and what i like about at least his performance in this movie and and some of the bits that they give him is that one he (laughs) He shows up the hospital and like he's pissed because like they clearly didn't tell him that Michael was being moved because yeah. the guy who is running the facility is like he's clearly just thinks that Loomis is full of crap and just doesn't want to deal with him. He makes the comment about like he like you know he should have retired long ago. And, yeah, and he'd be better off dead or something to that effect. Like you know he's just a nuisance and needs to go away. Right, know? and that's an element that kind of shows up in the movie. Like later, but not much. Like the moment he shows up to the sheriff's station, he was like, This is what's going on. And the sheriff's like, I don't know. And then they get one phone call. He's like, Let's go find out. And I'm like, and I <laughs> I respect that the sheriff didn't keep the whole like you're 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 shitting me the entire time. Like that was refreshing that the, that he was like, All right, let's go figure this out as opposed to 
everything that happens in these movies is that the police are the last to react. Right. And then in this case... They're very proactive. Yeah. So I, I, I like that. That was yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, but what I thought was really interesting in the film is that early on we get to see him confronting Michael um, and he basically says to him like look if you're gonna yeah, I know where you're doing He's yeah doing- <laughs> <laughs> if you'll notice there are a bunch of which I never noticed this detail I've seen this movie like a hundred times Paul had pointed out that there were a bunch of Lincoln pictures in the That's back a, of the background. So, so Donald Pleasance is like ripping ass to uh, to Haddonfield because they found the um, the ambulance like off the side of the road just like messed up, which they kept calling a bus. Which, because it was originally supposed uh, to be a bus, pres- but yeah. they never changed it from the script. So why not just call it an ambulance? I don't know. <laughs> like you can change one set. It's right there behind you. Whatever. Um, so he's trying to get the Haddonfield because he's like, you know, it's about four hours drive. And it's like, well, what's going to happen? He's like, I'll let you know in four hours. Basically, like, you know, yeah. like Michael has a head start. I got to go. So he goes to this gas station that happens to have Michael Myers there already. But yeah, there's this like brief thing. He's walking through like the diner section and there's like eight to 12 to 15 just framed different pictures of Abraham Lincoln. I don't know why. (laughs) It's surreal. I'm like, I just, they liked Abe Lincoln. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Nothing to do with the movie. I just happened to notice that in the background. (laughs) I just, it was really, it was really bizarre to me. It's like, I know, like, I was like, well, maybe it's just different. Nope. Just Lincoln, you know? (laughs) Yeah, but what I like about that scene is is that he he tries to bargain for just a moment with Michael and says like, "Look, if you're looking for another victim, just take me." Well, he's also keeping his gun like at his side, trying to keep it out of line of sight of Michael because you see, also Michael Myers loves like you know like full on um like uh you know Carhartt like like you know mechanics like suits or whatever like because he he killed the one guy and just immediately put it on and it's like he had his head wrapped up still he's like i still need to find a mask you know my my costume's almost complete which i love that shot it's the um oh god i can't think of the term for it it's where the camera pulls back but at the same time the lens is focusing forward so it's it's like it's the vertigo effect Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah um but I really like that scene because you get to see him interacting with him at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and clearly Loomis is, you know, uh, obviously we as the audience know that he's been, you know, right this whole time. But um, it already goes to show Loomis that, like, yes, this is where he's going. Yes, I'm right about what's going to happen. Um, and what's interesting is, is that Michael steals his car. Um, no, he steals the tow truck. Yeah, he steals the tow truck. But I'm he, sorry. He, he steals the tow truck, which he should not know how to operate, and also ten years of atrophy. I don't know because, like, when did he ever learn to drive a car in an institution? They, they never get into that part of the whole Michael Myers thing. There's a there's a short by Adam Green every year. He does a Halloween short for his website, okay. um, and uh, he did one that was a uh, it was like a cut scene from Halloween <laughs> where there's a driver instructor giving Michael Myers a driving lessons. <laughs> yeah, because uh, he's in this, this tow truck that I'm sure is a stick shift. Right? <laughs> it's like, like, you know, um, but he gets out of there and somehow in the process of this, he causes the entire gas station to blow up. Yeah. Like it is, it is spectacular at h- how, how like razor thin this, the safety level of this gas station was the entire time. <laughs> to be fair though, I, it was the eighties. I feel like there was a lot of that uh, going on with yeah. the, you know, we had tankers of oil just spilling oil everywhere. That's and- fair. We weren't that far removed from the um, the Pinto. Yeah, was the Pinto. Was the Pinto the one that blew up? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So uh, I, you no, know, it's a good scene in the, in the sense that you know it, you're 
you got you got the two main driving forces of the movie yeah. back together, but then it just it just kind of goes away, and then you have this whole comedic bit of like you know Loomis walk along the road, and nobody wants to pick him up, and he's picked up by you know this uh, alcoholic you know priest that I like he was enough of a weird character that I thought he was coming back. I love that scene. That's yeah. one of my favorite scenes in the movie. It's it's good, but it doesn't because he's clearly like yes, he's alcoholic, but also like he's been dealing with something, whether it be something that was the shape or something similar to Michael mm-hmm. that has had an effect on him, and he's lost his mind at this point. And mm-hmm. He's also hammered, but I really like that scene. I, I like that it gives a moment for Loomis to breathe and relax for just a moment before he has to go and be full Loomis again in Haddonfield. Um, but the moment that like I've always thought was a little like cheesy was uh, before the prospector picks him up, there's a car full of kids that drive up. And... a prospector. <laughs> he's a priest. <laughs> he's but a you, priest. He's an old-time prospector. <laughs> he basically is. Yeah. He's a prospector slash priest. But uh, there's a, a car full of kids that pull up, and uh, they spin out and you know uh they trick him into walking forward and they burn they 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 spin their tires and kick dust up on them yeah yeah. which i was like oh that's a little much but then you know i think like two days previous to that i saw a video of people like uh working at some restaurant like i think it was a taco bell or no dunkin donuts i don't know there was a homeless man who was there just sitting down and they like dumped a bucket of water on him and i'm like oh yeah people are assholes so (laughs) it perfectly makes sense that i'm glad it took real world cruelty to be like you know what howling for it got it right (laughs) (laughs) no it was always that moment i was like yeah that's a little much and now i'm realizing no it's it's probably accurate it's probably not enough yeah probably um so, uh, but I, I will yeah. grant you that, like after the point in the movie, he kind of fades. He he comes in and out of the movie a little too, uh, not as much as he should. Well, because because they do this whole setup with uh, with with Jamie, you know, nice nod, the, yes. da- the daughter, which I didn't even pick up that the reason that Lori was around was because of a car crash. Like I know it's like so fast they mention it and they move on. Yeah, um, I didn't even like I didn't pick it up in the movie. I just happened to know it from reading about it. Uh, but then there's the juxtaposition of her. Um, and then like the older girl, um, that Rachel, Rachel, and it's like, and that's not a bad dynamic, but it's like, it just, there's this whole bit where, uh, Jamie is people like the kids know who she is. The kid, the, the, the other kids in town know like who, who her uncle is. All, Speaking uh, about being yeah. dicks, those kids are dicks. Man. Yeah. I do. I do like that. The one kid was wearing a mask mask like, yeah. from the, from the, the cartoon mask. And it's like, you're wearing a mask from mask. Okay. I like that. Um, but yeah, they're just being horrible to her. And then when you know the the older girl, which you know she was like, "Do you want to go trick or treating?" She's like, "No." And then then later on, she's like, "Yeah, I know she was trying to fit in with the kids." Yeah, but it's like that really doesn't come back, other than to cause the point of she goes off trick or treating with the one group of kids for a second. <laughs> yeah, and then her and the older girl just lose each other immediately. Yeah. It's just like. Haddonfield cannot be that big, you know? Like, <laughs> and it's like, oh, shit, I lost the girl in the clown costume that no one else is dressed up like a clown. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Also, taking you know, the niece of a guy who killed people in this town 10 years ago during Halloween, yeah, it's a good idea. It's just, it's just, it's just good. It makes good sense. Like, why, why let's just go trick-or-treat, you know? Like, that's not going to cause more PTSD, you know, for you. Um, also, like, I just, Haddonfield... Why are they all cool with trick or treating all the time on Halloween night? Like you would think, like, like 
Nothing that bad's <laughs> happening around here. And everybody's encouraging families just to go put candy in their trunks and all go to a parking lot and have kids like trick or treat that way. Yeah. You know, like I just hadn't feel it feels like they should just erase October 31st from the calendar. They just and go from October 30th to November. Yeah. Like November zero or something and move on, <laughs> you know, November 0.5. And then you move on to <laughs> November 1st. It just seems very like, like, yeah, it's been 10 years. November. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the new movie. Um, but. Yeah, I just that that stuff felt a little weird. Um, them, sh- not, it wasn't shoehorned in, but the the romance with uh, with her um, and the other guy from high school that looked like Ray Liotta's younger brother, um, <laughs> and his name's Brady. So I kept writing yeah. Brady Liotta, mm-hmm. uh, like, um, and you know, and then him also having eyes with the, the 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 sheriff's daughter. Like it was this whole. I get what they're going for. Yeah, it just it never paid off for me. Like there was no real weight to it, other than you know uh, Brady. You know, he may have been a horn dog, but he was a nice guy. Like, you know, great. There's I don't a think lot they of... ever made a point that he was a nice guy, though. Like, he, he, you know, but he they... sacrifices himself, but, yeah. like, I don't think it's like a... It's not that he sacrifices himself. He thinks he's going to take Michael down, and it, then he bumbles it. takes him it. 15 minutes to load a two-shell shotgun. Yeah. Like, he's like, oh, crap, I shot both of my shells. Oh, oh, shaking my hands, shaking my hands. Like, the idea of backing up as you're reloading, that is, like, that's video game logic. If, if the bad guy's coming towards you and you need to reload, keep moving. Right. You know, like, but, yeah, anyway. Um, so how did you feel about, like, um, the 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 sheriff's daughter and like the stuff she was telling the main character about like well you know the, maybe if you did more things then you know men wouldn't leave you or like oh, she's <laughs> yeah. saying all these things like what a man wants right you know and it's like I don't know if that was trying to speak thematically to the to her trying to make decisions on her own or the idea that the point of this movie is that there is a man constantly coming towards you that just wants one thing. Mm-hmm. And like he he's like you know he's the unstoppable force right like I don't know if the movie was thinking of that high minded, but I feel like there's some of those themes in there a little bit. Yeah, I, I I mean when you look on it and say to yourself, well, it was written in eleven days. <laughs> I do wonder like you know how much texture there was in in that sense, like because because the ending is very deliberate and the idea of evil. Uh, being passed on is deliberate, but I don't know so much as far as the intent of the film. Okay. Um, but I feel like that was added to not make her into the Jamie Lee Curtis character in the sense that like she's a homebody, but like she's also the pure one. She's the one mm-hmm. who's, you know, because Carpenter's always said about the original. And it wasn't that the girls were having sex that the reason that they were punished. It's because they weren't paying attention. Okay. And it got misconstrued or it got construed by others as, like, that's the reason, you know, you have sex, you have, you die, that kind of thing. Um, and I think it had just become that point in horror movies. And yeah. I think that that was where this... Well, because specifically the whole driving point of Friday the 13th, the first one, was because the two counselors were making out. Yeah. And that, the you know, that Jason drowned, that the mother was, was punishing the sin. Yeah. So, I mean, and that came out... The, Three the, years after okay. Halloween. Yeah, sorry. Uh, you know this, and I don't. But so that so they kind of latched onto that, so I can see that's easily yeah. identifiable. I think that's where their headspace was. I can't speak for, you know, I haven't read any, like, you know, inside information on that, or, like, there was nothing in a commentary where they addressed that. But I think that's <laughs> like where the they Catholic were. Like the Catholic League was certainly circularly funding <laughs> these horror films. Like, yes, 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 just, just the whole, like, you know, but, uh, you know sex I, before marriage. <laughs> I think it was a piece of the formula that just worked its way yeah. into the film. Um, and, you know... 
when I say that they're like I mentioned the old priest, you know, as being one of the scenes that I like, like that's the thing that I keep finding myself in this movie liking is uh, pieces of the film that are more texture than maybe story or plot. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, the town, not only do the police, are they proactive, but at one point the local like bar has a bunch of, you know, beer bellies, beer bellies <laughs> uh, hanging out. And when they find out that there's a curfew and local businesses are being told to shut down, they're like, well, let's go find out what that's about. And like, I totally can see that happening. Like in a small well, town. Where- I like that the, the bartender call the owner calls the police station. He waits a minute and he was like, we got to go. And like, why it's like, cause it's like, uh, and when like basically no one leaves a photo unanswered at a police station, right? So like they were going off to try to figure out what was they didn't want to add to the problem, though they did. Oh yeah, uh, they, there's one big thing in this movie that is like completely just like over and gone. You're like that that has ramifications. <laughs> like, <That's, laughs> what I love about that is uh you know there the, there's a scene where they think they've they've got Michael and they shoot him and it turns out to be this guy named Ted Hollister. <laughs> Oh shit, Earl, you shot Ted Hollister. <laughs> Never to be heard from again or referenced. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like But I follow there, somebody on Twitter who like calls himself, I think it's Ted Hollister's corpse or <laughs> just Ted Hollister. <laughs> like justice for Ted Hollister. But but it's like, oh shit, we shot the wrong guy. Well, let's just move on. Let's go to the schoolhouse, see what's going on there. Um that was crazy. Like it was just like that was so matter of fact that over and done with where it's like the movie's almost like, well, we'll forgive them because they were trying to be good. <laughs> like, well, I don't think I ever forgive them, but I just think it's like it's a, a and I won't say it's the most realistic depiction, but I'm like, I could totally see that happening well, because they tease it even before that because there's a showdown where Loomis and the sheriff while they have uh, the, the, the girl and, um, and Jamie in the car. Uh, they see Michael, and then they look to the like the left. They see Michael again. They see Michael to the right. It's like an Amigos, Amigos, Amigos situation yeah. from the three Amigos. They're like, <laughs> what's going on? And they, they all, and, and Loomis has his gun up ready to shoot. And the yeah. kid's like, don't shoot me. I was just kidding around. It's like, you deserve to be shot because, again, you're dressing as a guy that was a serial killer in this town <laughs> 10 years previous. I'm sure your buddy Ted was all about it. You know, he was like, guys, you guys, like, you know, we'll just do it for the shits and giggles, you know, but. Like, so they they so they tease it and then and then the local yokels do it you yeah. know and it's like that was I didn't expect that um, but I, I so like th- this movie and we talked about this before we started recording about how you, you you said that you could see how many people would see this film differently than you do um, so I know you told me that this was an inspiration for what you do with your comic um, so but this is your second favorite of like all eighty seven Halloween films yeah. Um, so is there anything else in particular why this makes it your, your second favorite? I mean, it's, it, uh, we're skipping ahead, but it's the ending. Okay. I love no, that but, ending. But just, well, this like, um, the, you know, which I don't mind, but I don't, I, I think it's teased early enough when you have Jamie as the, like, you know, putting on the clown costume and mm. you see the direct reference to Michael wearing a clown costume. I, that was, you know, like, okay, but they didn't really ever imply, like, bloodlines and, like, you know, like, this this could be bad. And then she goes up later when they when they finally, you know, hit him with a, a truck, you know, which, by the way, he was just hanging out to that truck the entire time before he started climbing up and stalking people. <laughs> that seems a little weird to me. Um, you know, whatever. Anyway. But I do um, love, like, the way that they deal with him there at the end. You know, Rachel runs him over, like, a couple times with the truck, and then they unload on him. Like, no, it's that, it's an impressive barrage of, like, gunfire that he takes. Yes. Um, 
and conveniently falls down a hole not to be seen again yeah until the next one um but the idea is, is that the evil has been passed on and we see jamie have a very similar moment to michael when he first killed his sister with the pair of scissors um but what's interesting about it is, is we don't actually see any of it we see her put on the mask it cuts to her looking in on her yeah. mother who's getting a bath ready for well, the, her. The, the, the whatever, like the caretaker, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, the yeah. stepmother. Um, and then we hear the screams, and I love Loomis's reaction. He pulls his gun on a kid. Yeah, no, 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 that's, he, that's great. But I'm banging pleasant. on the table. I'm sorry about no, that. You're that's, rallying. You're like, you're your case. So it's, it's an interesting ending. I just, my. I, I again, the, I just maybe this is the way I like my storytelling, and so uh, your mileage may vary. There should have been a little bit more hinting at that through the course of the film, not like a full on like, oh, she's crazy in the head, but like there needed to be something else to lay the groundwork of like other than Luma saying he's pure evil, you know, like, and he's going to kill that girl. Well, like, I think if they would have gone a little too far with it, they would have tipped it too much, and you'd have been like, I saw that coming. Yeah, maybe, um, yeah, that's. But that's, I will say that like when she. Has her first nightmare. She sees Michael. Yeah. When she's in the um, drugstore, she sees Michael and has. Uh, well, first she sees the clown costume and she has a vision of Michael as a little boy. Yeah. So they're they're playing into that. See, I didn't take it as a vision. I just took it as in like that time. I kind of took it as like it was the 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 writer and the director being like, remember, like like tipping. Okay, you thought the, they were tipping it to the audience. Yeah, just be like you know like we're drawing this parallel directly. And to give you a an unnerving image, I didn't I didn't see it as her seeing it. For for you know? me, it, that's the way I always viewed it. But I can absolutely see how you. I mean, no, you and you're you're well. probably right. That's probably the way it was intended. But I just didn't I didn't because the re- the other two times she had visions of Michael. One was in the, you know the bedroom, and then then the, then immediately in the store, um, and then she fall she backs into the mirror. But I just I didn't I didn't connect. That other than like the hinting at like you know hey he was a kid too dressed up in a clown costume and that didn't go so well which that maybe that's enough to to tip what was going on because she never gets out of, I think the rest of the movie yeah and it's like that's also bizarre because it's like oh you're at the sheriff's house we're holding up guess who's going to sleep with this clown outfit like no get her into something else you know like. <laughs> You know, I mean, for God's sakes, the sheriff's daughter had like this half shirt she was naked under. Like you could find clothes for this little girl that's wearing yeah. a clown outfit. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I and I know that we jumped to the end too. I did want to make it make mention of uh, one other sequence that I really love in the film is the the uh, roof sequence um, where he's chasing them on the roof, and it's kind of played up that like you know they're trying to keep their balance and they're mm-hmm. you know and he's just sort of coming at them like a shark like he's not phased by anything on the roof no. he's not losing his balance i really like that scene i i i do feel like they could have maybe and again i know that this was the constraint of which they were making that movie at the time um because they were kind of under the gun with that scene but there's some real peril to it and i think that they I wish it had been a little bit longer, or we'd have seen it from maybe a couple different angles to play it up. But yeah, I mean, and knowing that the original intent was to have the house on fire, yeah. while doing that, that would have been really screwed up because that would add it to the peril. Um, and then also knowing that the actress, uh, she slid down the side of that uh, shingling and actually took a, a nail to the gut and yeah. ripped her open. And I guess she kept acting like even though she was bleeding out. It's like, <laughs> you know, this is not the movie you die for. I'm sorry. I just, you know, like, <laughs> um, you know, uh, so yeah, I, I, you know, that all, was all good. I liked how she was wrapping the cable around Jamie to try to get her safety. Like there was smart 
moves in this movie that didn't always have people doing smart things. Yeah. Um, I, I liked it when they go try to get out of the front of the house that's been padlocked and they go shoot the, the lock and then the, the, what was it? Um, Brady goes to grab it. He was like, damn it. It's metal. And, and, and she's like, like, she's like, why is this hot? I'm like, I don't know. You just shot it with a gun. Like she's, she yells, what does that mean? What does that mean? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. He's like, yeah. She also has a moment where, like, she's running up the stairs and she looks at Michael and she yells, "Go away!" and then she runs away. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> well, um, your, what was your thought process yeah. there, Rachel? Uh, but she, you know, she had some moments of this, like, even though I have a hard time buying that she came to and knew exactly to go to the school to go, like, you know, because she shows up at the, uh, like, I have always wondered why Loomis made that choice, where he's like, "Where's the schoolhouse?" Like, I don't know. I mean, and other than to, to pull the alarm to get people to go there. Which which I think that might have been, yeah, because he's like people were coming, and she's like, you know, are we going to be safe? And he was like, you know, I don't. She's like, do you mean that? And he was like, no, like, you know, yeah. he's trying to comfort her, so maybe it was just making as much noise as possible, which would also draw Michael to you. I don't know. That's just a thought. <laughs> um, yeah, it just you know, I. So this movie was perfectly fine. I didn't. I didn't mind it. Like uh, it's just uh, every time you say that about something that we watch, I always picture that being on the box. Like when you're renting it, it just it's perfectly fine. My, Paul my, Stedman. I was. I was. Uh, I was given the quote of describing Grizzly as it's not a book. Like, I was like because hey, I was having a debate about like you know you don't have to spend as much time with this as you look as a book. They're like they're like Grizzly. It's not a book. I'm like 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 that's like a selling point. Um, so. No, it, like the movie, it was it was good. It just like it. There, the, I don't really feel like there were the, there was good scares. I feel like there were they telegraphed a lot, which I again I understand the movie's older, thirty years old, but if Carper did it did it right the first time, yeah. and the blueprints there, not that you need to follow it step by step. There's there's good ways to create tension. There's good ways to to screw with people. I don't I like the whole. Like the only thing that was somewhat interesting is when Michael was sitting in the rocking chair, like acting in place of the one sheriff's like yeah. deputy, and then the the sheriff's daughter comes down and was like, "Well, let's just turn like light a candle," and then all of a sudden there's the dead dude right there. That was okay, but then like Michael gets up, he has a shotgun, and like instead of shooting somebody, he was like, "You know what? I'm gonna impale you." Like I just none yeah. of that. Like for someone that should not know the ability to operate a truck. They, they, you know, you think a gun, I mean, as much as he enjoys killing, I guess, because you can't, you know, obviously get a read on him uh, on purpose. Then he's like, you know what? I'm going to impale this person with a shotgun. Or earlier when he's like, I'm going to take this electrician and just throw him into a power grid. Like, there's just a lot of, like, like there's a lot of effort put in just yeah. to do something, you know? So um, I did like when Brady was trying to shoot him with a shotgun, you know, had it loaded and just immediately shoots to his right. Like, he just, like, Myers is right there in front <laughs> yeah. of him. And then Myers just grabs the gun from him and just hits him with it and then, and then tosses the gun away. Yeah. Like, I also like to, um, I don't remember if it's in the, on the commentary or if it's in one of the special features where they talk about the fact that it's not a special effect when Michael grabs his face and digs his thumb into it. Um, not the beginning, but uh, okay. when he goes to kill Brady, he, like, puts his thumb. Uh, up into his cheek, yeah. and it's just that his thumb fit perfectly into like where his cheekbone was. But oh. the way they lit it, oh. it looked great. And then they just added the cracking noise, and you're like, "Oh god, okay, that does work." Yeah, yeah. No. Um, I always thought that was a cool little like non-special effect that has a special effect. Too. No, that works. I just, I, I just feel like Michael's presence in this film, and also I got to give credit when he's pulled up in the one cop car that you know it's him driving. He's driving it real shittily, so I like that he couldn't. <laughs> like, like he's just like everyone's like, "Well, we're not going to question that cop car coming." but whatever it's fine um 
I just didn't get the big imposing presence from this guy. And I know that like this was like the second tallest actor to play him. It just felt very maybe because I know we talked about the mask being different. It just didn't it didn't feel like Michael Myers to me. And I don't okay. know what I just like and, and and I feel like maybe it's just my cuz I mean I haven't watched these movies as much as you have. I have not gotten this in, in depth, but it just it just felt more like he was a means to an end as opposed to this absolute pure evil, unstoppable terror. Okay. You know? And I just, and it's never felt threatening. Like well, he was just a slow walking. People just can't seem to shoot him. I don't know until the end, you know, then everybody shot him. Um, I just, that's nothing. And, and I never got a menace, like a sense of like pure, like unstoppable menace. So I, I, I can, I can see that. And I will say that I don't know that just even for me, like, when it comes to the series as a whole, I don't think there has been anybody, with the exception of maybe Tyler Maine in the remake, who was as effective as playing the shape as um, as Nick Castle was in the original. I mean, you can make the, the argument that you know Dick Warlock does a really uh, good job with it in the second one. Um, so I would have no problem saying, well, don't forget Dick Warlock, because I do think he, he, he does a really good job with it. There is a little bit of a robotic to this version of Michael and mm-hmm. and yes the mask being different and him looking slightly different I can see um, it being less terrifying and I do say I will say that when it comes to particularly the reveals um, every time Carpenter revealed Michael Myers in Halloween there was a little bit of a flair to it visually in the sense that you know it might be a scene where the scene where um, Lori's uh, up against the one doorway and she doesn't know that he's right there and it's dark and he simulates like your eyes adjusting to light by slowly lighting Michael's face so that he comes out of the dark to see, yeah. to see him. Those types of suspenseful reveals, I'll, I will absolutely grant you that they don't do that with this. This, he's more of, he, he's the, I, I don't want to go back to the, like, he's the Jason Voorhees, but he's more of the, the the unstoppable killing machine but without the flair that in particularly the flair for frightening folks uh like well, he, he had, doesn't care to scare people he just he just one it just a to b killing people yeah I, so i respect that but i feel like there was a, a quiet contemplation a little bit that i feel like that you get from like a michael myers or a jason Voorhees, where they pause for a moment to consider what they're going to do yeah or or, or or they pause long enough to where you think that they're thinking and maybe they're not thinking about anything whatsoever, but you get that like that. And there's the moment when he's in the house uh, in this movie where he picks up the shoebox that happens to be conveniently dropped on the ground with all the photos in it. And you see him looking at Lori's photo. And Which is awesome because one of those photos is Lori sitting on that uh, perch in the first movie holding a pumpkin. Yeah, it's just, it, was a, it was a production <laughs> still from the film, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's like, okay, great. You know, he's like, I hate Halloween. No, you know, like... Um, so it just, you get that. It just, but it just felt, I don't know. There's, there, there's an okay. Like, so the idea of like, you know, the night he came back again, which I made the joke on the Facebook page. And I was going to call this uh Halloween for the voyage home is what I was going to call this film. <laughs> um, cause I feel like that's really what it was. Except uh, there are no whales in this. There's no whales in this. Um, but, uh, cause you know, the third one would have been the search for Spock. Cause he was like, where, where, like, you know, there's no Michael Myers. Where is he? You know, like we got to find him. Um, so that's all well and good. I just feel like there was so much left on the table psychologically, which again, that's not what this movie was trying to do. It, and again, written in 11 days, 
uh, different audience at the time. It was just to reestablish that Halloween's back in the stable hands of Michael Myers, you know, killing everybody. I, I just, this felt like there could have been something much bigger. And then when you get to the ending, which should be like the, oh my goodness, what happened as opposed to really, that's where we're going with it. That because the last couple images of her sitting at the top of the stairwell with the mask on and just covered in blood being just mute and Donald Pleasant's just, you know, freaking out is effective in, in that moment. I just don't know if the movie really earned it. That, okay. And that's, that's my frustration with it. Well, it, it's funny because, you know, I, I will admit, like, I'm leaning on this film, but it also at the same time, like, I understand people's frustrations with it. It's not like, I mean, we've all had conversations with somebody where, like, you, you severely love something and then somebody doesn't and you're like, what is wrong with you? And we're going to fight about this. Like, yeah, it's me daily. Yeah. But, you know, like with this, I can certainly understand your viewpoint. I, I get that I'm coming at it. Part of it, I fully admit part of it is from nostalgia, but there's enough texture to the film for me, enough character moments and beats within the film that I'm, I'm allowed to, I let those other things slide, I guess no, is and what that's, I'm saying. There's, I mean, um, there's plenty of movies I love that like they, they commit some, some big uh, crimes against the film that I'm just like, I, I love so much of this that I can easily look past some of it. Mm. And I'm not, and I, this, this is not maybe a film I should look at critically. And I put that in quotes, because it is just trying well, to... Well, it's a film. You, know, you should you know. look at it critically. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, there is part of me that, you know, enjoys the escape aspect of horror in the sense that, like, I can put it on and have fun with it. But at the same time, like, at the end of the day, we're all probably looking at things critically, whether we have fun with them or not. Yeah. So, like, I, I did like this movie. It was, it was you know, it's, it's perfectly serviceable for what it was trying to do. Um, I feel bad for that poor guy just getting shot for no reason, you know, like by the by the locals. Uh, and I feel like, there, like again, there was there were there were hints at something much bigger. And and, and it's been, I you know, I honestly, I, I want to say I've seen two. I don't remember any. I mean, I know it takes place in the hospital. Mm-hmm. That's all I remember. I don't I don't think I've seen it as a grown up. Um, I haven't seen five, which you know you're telling me not to. I haven't, I, I I know I've seen that because of Paul yeah. Rudd. Um, no, no, that's he's Paul six. Rudd is in six. six. Sorry, yeah. I know I've seen because you said you saw this in the theater. This was around the time that I was watching this stuff. Anyway, my mom loves this stuff. I'm sure I've seen four, five, and six. Um, and I H two I I've seen. I've not seen uh, Resurrection, and I kind of don't want to. Um, and then I watched the first zombie one. I haven't watched the second one. Maybe in the context of all this, maybe I should give the second zombie one a chance because you tell me that's the one that's trying to do something different. Yeah, I mean, I will say that like I prefer his remake to the second one, but there are things that I like in it, but there's the things that I don't like in Zombie's second film outweigh unfortunately the things that I did like. Okay. I so. mean, so but maybe yeah. you'll be like this is this is genius. I don't know what's I, wrong I, with Steve. I, yeah, I'm a huge no, Rob Zombie no. fan now. So, so with the context of all this, uh we, you want not only did you want to bring this up because you feel this film is worth of, you know worth of watch and worth discussion, which I completely agree with. With the new one coming out that you will now see in less than twenty four hours, um, and I've I've read like great reviews and then a couple people have kind of come out like against. It. I don't know if they're just I don't I don't know what their expectation is of this film. I don't know if they also don't realize that like Halloween has never taken itself super seriously like because i feel like they're talking about there's some bits of humor in this that blah 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 even four had moment like a little bits here and there it wasn't yeah. like a laugh a minute but they had its moments um and then even the first one had a couple jokes it wasn't like you know it, you can't have a movie that's just so dour the entire time no and that's it you know and if this one happens to lean more on some more of the comic edges and if that's what has to be to get me 
a well done Halloween movie, you know, I, I think I'd be okay with that. I don't, I just don't know. I, I haven't seen it, so I don't know the context, but it's coming out more favorably. And I guess tracking box office wise, it's supposed to be like tracking for a really big opening. Mm-hmm. So, how do you feel like so far with everything that I know you've stayed away from some of the trailers and you've stayed away from a lot of the reviews? Um, just at like drive by glance, uh, wh- what are your um, your hopes for this for this film? I mean, and, my and- hope. I have always felt that H two O was okay, but a missed opportunity. It was too short. I don't know what if I remember that movie right. It was like it was like we're done. It is it short, kinda, yeah. Um, but also, I felt like there were a lot of things that they just missed completely, uh, or at least missed the mark on for me. Um, but I guess what I'm hoping for is is like like look. I mean, we've had quite a few discussions about um whether it be films that we loved growing up or films that are still continuing now as we're aging in into out of i mean we're into our adulthood but i mean into like our 40s you know what i mean like it's not like being speaking, 20 speaking of 40 <laughs> oh he just killed the cult 45 um continue Speaking of making grown-up decisions, you know, uh, yeah. um, When it comes to the actual film itself, you know, it, it, you know, I. How do I put this? So, because I do not want to spark another conversation about the Last Jedi, but um, (laughs) you know, that is. So let's go. Let's no, 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 no. You know, I mean, that's the easiest comparison I can make for something that is continuing something from 40 years prior, 30 years prior. For me, my my connection would be um, like uh, Alien Covenant or like Blade Runner. Right. um, Which Blade Runner is a superior film. But I had this kind of like Blade Runner, even though it's not perfect, I have it on the shelf in my mind. And that the story that the new one was telling is not the same one, which I respect. But I had... I had a hard time getting into some of it mm-hmm. that it left me a little it left me a little cold. So I feel like my expectation for like sitting in this theater wanting to have my mind just destroyed by this amazing film, that might come eventually watching that movie multiple times. But I think my own expectation in my own head was like set so high that even though I got a really good film, it it still fell short, which is no fault of that film just my expectation of it the, the right. first time watching it. So I don't know if that's kind of the same thing where you're kind of, cause yeah, I mean, Halloween's I mean, a cornerstone franchise for you, like in terms of like your development of what you liked in horror and, yeah. and everything. So, and you know, it's, it's very hard for me to say, you know, that my expectations aren't high. Like I'm really hoping to love this film. Um, I guess that you know maybe we'll have to do an update at the beginning of next episode, um, and talk about it a little bit, not spoiler wise, but just like where. Yeah, because I don't know if I'm going to get to it or not. Okay. I mean, I hope to, but um, I mean, you're going to be seeing your own horror film that night, so. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, that's separate. But yeah, it's this weekend is like I have a, I, uh, I went to a wedding on Sunday. I have a wedding on Saturday, and it's like it's just nonstop. But, but you're seeing Neil Breen tomorrow night. I am correct? seeing a Neil Breen film. I'm seeing Twisted Pair tomorrow yeah. night. Uh, which, if you guys listen to this early enough in the morning, uh, Capitol Theater, Thursday, uh, 7.30. 
uh, it's not a horror film, but it will make you question life probably. Uh, so yeah, um, there's not going to be a serial killer, but it's going to get weird. <laughs> like, yeah. I like how I'm like, you know, that Halloween movie I'm not going to get to. This uh, this weirdly independently produced like film from this guy that is like wealthy from making money out in real estate deals makes these message movies on his own budget that are just like, he's like an ugly Gary Shandling, which is how I described him to somebody today. Who makes these message films that are he's so earnest that you have to see what he's going to do next? I'm making time for that. Not not the competently made Halloween movie that's to be coming fair. Out. <laughs> if Halloween wasn't coming out tomorrow, I would be there with you. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, priorities, man. You know, <laughs> like Halloween's going to be in the theaters the next night. Yeah. This movie, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I guess the point that I'm trying to make is is that like the reason I brought up the, the Last Jedi is is that's something that had expectations building for 30 years or even the Force Awakens. With this, you know, I feel like the the franchise has stumbled so many times that I don't know that it can really like. You know, it would have to be really astoundingly bad for me to be like, yeah, I didn't like it. Like, yeah, that's fair. It's it's that's this is one of those franchises that's hard to kind of talk to people that have a passing interest in horror because they'll yeah. be like, oh, do I need to see the other ones? Like, no. Well, why not? Well, and then like I know I like, do feel like there's like again, this is the YouTube problem of like why every video seems to feel like it needs to explain everything. Yeah, like you ever see videos where it's like we explain this to you, and I'm like, why do you need to explain that to me? Like I I'm an adult, I understand it. Yeah, um, like we watched um, after watching that that British film Ghost Stories, my wife and I watched like a someone explained the ending of that film, and I'm like, yeah, well. I knew that. Like that's like just <laughs> thanks. Like I thought maybe you had some type of like big like mind bomb to drop on me, and I'm like, oh, you're telling me what I already know. Thank you, sir. I'm so sorry that you got one more view on your video because of this. <laughs> like the ending of the movie is people go, you know, like it's like they'd be like explaining the ending of of uh, I don't know, like a Friday Thirteenth film, and then the campers came down to one or two, and then they faced <laughs> off against Jason. Well, and then Jason may or may not have died. That's your explanation. Like thank you for watching. Hit subscribe. Like, I don't, yeah. <laughs> like, just, and I mean, with that, I see a lot of videos that are like, you know, the Halloween timeline explained. Here's the explanation. They're pretending every other movie didn't happen. All you have to know is that Halloween yeah. happened 40 years ago, and this is technically Halloween 2. Like, so this needs to be successful so we can get another Highlander movie that also does not follow because <laughs> every one of those is a sequel to the first one, and, and that's it. <laughs> And like, that'll be the film that'll bring um, Sean Connery, Sean Connery back out yes. of uh, retirement. Yes. I mean, what's Christopher Lambert doing? You know? I thought no. he was going blind in real life. Is that true? Probably. Yeah. But I mean, I, f- I mean, I don't know. You could make it work. I just, you know, <laughs> make him a blind swordsmaster. You know, like. Uh, there you go. No, um, he was legally blind, I think, for like the longest time. But that's neither here nor there. Not to be confused with legally blonde. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Christopher Lambert was legally blonde <laughs> for a while. No, but you're right. Like each one is kind of like you got. One and two, they're kind of their own thing. Three is definitely its own thing. Uh, and then four, five, six, you say, are kind of... They're, they're, a lot of people consider them a trilogy, yeah. even though they're not as inter, as well interconnected as they could be. Yeah, so... Uh, and and then, then seven and eight are completely going back to just, oh, one and two exist, but not three, four, and, uh, or uh, four, five, and six. Yeah. And then you have two, the remake and its sequel. So it's like... There's never we need, we need a true a, sequel to three. That's what we need. We need another season of The Witch. You know, I, I honestly, I'm kind of surprised. There's so much love for that movie now. For as badly as it did in the theater back in the day, 
I think it's probably one of the more beloved Halloween films. Yeah. They could absolutely, if if for whatever reason Blumhouse was like, all right, we just hit you with uh, you know this new Halloween movie. Guess what's coming next? Halloween season of the witch two yeah. like people would lose could, could their you please mind call it halloween three season of the witch two <laughs> that was one of my favorite i we're going long here and i just i'm sorry we're still but, we're still relatively short we haven't gotten to the game yet so okay. we're still there's, under under seven hours so there's anyway. a uh a conan o'brien skit from way back in the day it wasn't even a skit it was him uh like coming up with fake movies or whatever and the one was uh Crocodile Dundee 4, Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles 2, <laughs> which is my all-time favorite title ever. Great. So, yeah. Um, so, so that's yeah. how I end my Halloween 4 talk. Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you could do way worse to watching a spooky Halloween movie during this month, and I'm glad that we got to have this talk. I would not have watched this movie without you just like bringing it back up again, so I think it's worthy of that. Um, if you want to watch a bad slasher film, watch The Burning. That's what I'm saying. You know. <laughs> well, I'd be curious for you to watch just Halloween 2 again and see yeah. where you'd place that now. Yeah, and I, now that you've been shit-talking 5, I kind of want to watch that one now just to get into it again. Um, yeah, but, I just... I 5 does... It commits a couple of sequel sins, in my opinion. And these are sins of any sequel. If, if a movie just automatically blows your uh, great ending of the previous film right out the gate, then... I'm not happy, but also um, anytime that it's like somebody survived in this movie, so we don't know what to do with them, so we're going to kill them for no reason. Oh. It commits that sin, and I, yeah. Anyway, I, you so watch next year, it see what next year we'll watch Halloween Five because last year we did three, this year we did four. Next year, maybe all of October next year will be sequels that Steve hates. <laughs> It's going to be three weeks of the Last Jedi. It has not nothing to do with uh, Halloween. No, I'm joking. No, uh, um, you know what's funny though is is uh, while we were painting at Lessons in Fear on uh, on Sunday, Ryan and I got into this discussion about the Nightmare on Elm Street films. And he was like, well, "Where do you rank them?" And I was going through my rankings, and I was like, "Oh, I forgot about two. And uh, and he's like, oh, "I don't think I've ever seen two. And I'm like, "Well, you know," I explained him like. Once I actually found out that the film is actually kind of an analogy for coming out and for, um, you know, gay culture, and I'm like, sexuality and all yeah, that, yeah, I'm like, it was, it was, I'm like, I, it, it rose up for me because I, once I saw that stuff, I was like, oh, this is actually a, a kind of genius little idea. But he was like, he was like, well, explain that, how that worked to me. And I started trying to explain to him, like, why. I'm like, you just have to watch the movie. Yeah, right. So, like, uh, um, you know, when it comes to sequels, like even maybe there's going to be something I'm going to find out something about Halloween Five in a couple of years that'll just be like, that's what that movie was about. And I never <laughs> saw it. That movie's genius. It was about it was about uh, um, you know expansionism of the West. Yeah, that's really, uh, man- manifest destiny. We didn't know. That's why Haddonfield always is Illinois, but it's suddenly filmed in Utah and in California. That's, that's what it meant. It was all about the railroad going to you know to the Pacific. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, that's going to do it for our talk about Halloween Four. If you guys have um, any uh, thing you want to mention about Halloween 4, please mention it on our Facebook page. Uh, we uh, also have a website, invasionthepodcast.com, that goes to the blog. Um, I'm not sure what movie I'm going to write about this month, but I know we'll, we'll, we'll save our year of the knockoff in two weeks. We'll talk about it next week. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, so, But yeah, I've written some other stuff that you should, might want to read. Uh, poorly worded, but you could read it anyway. 
Uh, you can find us on uh, iTunes, uh, Google Music, Stitcher, Podbean, wherever you get your podcasts. If you can find us, rate and review us. That would be great. Uh, please, more and more treats than tricks. But, you know, if you want to rate us, you know, whatever, that's fine, too. Um, yeah, I don't think there's been a rating since I've been on the show. So, please, like, somebody be like, I, I don't even care if it's bad. If you're like, I think like, Steve's awful, just, it, you know. It's going to be like five stars. Steve's better than Paul. Like, he's, he's really <laughs> picked up the pace. Yeah. Five I think stars. it's four stars, though. Well, isn't it? You, you, you have five. So right. anyway, and how people? How can people find you as well? Um, I think I've already mentioned the Saturday Night Slasher about yep. eighty-five times in this episode. So please go Rightfully there. Rightfully so. Me. It'd yes. be weird if like it wasn't related to anything. It'd be yes. like, and uh, you know, also check out the Lessons in Fear um, website. It's lessonsinfear.com. Nice. All right. All right. Let's just get to the game. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> Just want to point out here that like I, I signed up for the free trial Shuttered so I could watch Halloween four last night. And it's a seven day free trial, and then I immediately canceled my subscription after, not because the service looks like it's okay. I've heard some people have some issues with streaming on it, like in buffering and all this stuff. Uh, like the amount of content on there was surprising when I just kind of glanced through. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of sci-fi and like other stuff that isn't necessarily like what you think of for something like Shutter. Um, but I've, I've been getting emails like suddenly like 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 out of all these emails about like what happened. <laughs> Why and, did you leave us, Paul? And this what is, this came to me? It was like an hour ago saying it's from Shutter saying how can I help? It's like no, just leave me alone because <laughs> I went to go like cancel my you know, free trial and they're like, what if we gave you a free month? I'm like, no, because then I want to forget and then you're going to get my $5 or whatever it was well, a month. Well, now that you say that, it makes me want to like sign up and see if they'll give me a free month. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, I think we've already talked about the fact that they're doing a creep show uh, series and yeah. that'll be when I sign up. Um, but yeah, I, I I need to get Shutter, but I've got so much to watch that is right now anyway. Yeah, it does, but it's it seems like a decent enough. Like it's funny yeah. because instead of like the genre breakdowns, like you think it was like slashers and this this so they they broke down the horror subgenres and i'm like well that makes sense but it's like you don't see like romantic comedy you don't see you know <laughs> western uh but anyway so uh you have a, a series of um we call it our mixtape game but what it is you have a number of song, like songs that are that will all kind of lead towards me possibly guessing which uh, horror character this is. Yes. Uh, so I've got uh, eight mixtapes here. Okay. Um, and I tried not to be clever about these. So the now songs that's that I what picked, I call Music 87. <laughs> I tried to pick songs that would easily identify the characters we were talking about. So um, the first one here, I'm going to say, actually, typically with your mixtapes, you'll have different bands. But this one, ironically enough, just looking at my Metallica uh, in my iPhone, uh, I was able to pick this first character and only buy Metallica songs. So the first mixtape is only Metallica songs. This, this might be challenging to me because I'm not the strongest Metallica person. So, All right. Well, again, the title should be Dead Giveaways. Okay. So uh, the first song is Jump in the Fire. The second song is Master of Puppets. The third song is Enter Sandman. The fourth song is All Nightmare Long. Oh. And the fifth song is Dream No More. Oh, okay. I'm going to say that's Freddy Krueger. That is Freddy okay. Krueger. <laughs> but I was like, I, he, I started with him for some reason, and then I realized, I'm like, I could actually do this all in Metallica <laughs> songs. <laughs> all righty, so the next one here. First song on the mixtape is Lollipop by The Cordettes. 
Okay. Second song is Chocolate Jesus by Tom Waits. Third song is Honey Bee by Muddy Waters. Fourth song is Hook by Blues Traveler. And the fifth song is In Cabrini Green by Jody Shaw. That's going to be the Candyman. I'm that not going to say correct. his name again, but yeah. You got four more times to go, yeah. and you're not looking in a mirror. So. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I actually am hoping the Candyman shows up at my house because I ordered the new Scream Factory edition that they're going to be releasing. So he can come up anytime I, he wants. I like that movie. It's been a while since I've watched it, but I remember like it, it felt like it was refreshing, and it's like it felt it felt more... It felt newer in yeah. its approach to horror at that time. I'm sure it has not aged at, at parts well, just because like, but the whole idea was like this urban legend and happening in like the like these like slummy apartments in Chicago, if I remember right. Yeah, there was some interesting ideas in there. It's Clive Barker. I mean, of which I mean he does some good good stuff. Yeah, and also it's a it's a franchise that only got two sequels, and I say that like only two sequels, but I mean really it's something that should have been bigger than it was. So there was it was Candyman, and then Candyman Two: Bit of Honey. Was that what? It yes. Was? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, I got that's nothing. A, I was trying a, to come up with a third one, and I was like, ah, I got nothing. That's a, that's, a, that's a bad joke, but I enjoyed it. So. Uh, the first song on this mixtape is Bad Medicine by Bon Jovi. Second song is Electric Head by White Zombie. Third song is Check My Brain by Alice in Chains. Fourth is Fire Fire by Motorhead. And the fifth is Weird Science by Oingo Boingo. Hmm. Um. Uh, fire, fire. Uh, weird science. Oh, that one's that one's trickier. Good on you, because I'm just trying to think who this would be. Um, bad medicine. Oh. We made a Doctor Giggles joke last week. Is it Doctor Giggles? It's not Doctor Giggles. Uh, yeah, no. Um. <laughs> uh, Doctor Mordred. I mean, it works two ways. I originally thought it would be Frankenstein's monster. Okay. Um, but it could also be Reanimator. See, I, well, I said Doctor Mordred, so that's yeah, you were close. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, I noticed that the, the the girl that was the sheriff's daughter in um, uh, Halloween Four was actually the bride in uh, Bride Reanimator. Oh yeah, she was, yeah. So and uh, she was also at one point involved with Lorenzo Lamas. Yeah, she was in a lot of episodes of Renegade. When yeah. I was looking up for <laughs> Yeah, and I'm, I'm not saying I picked her out because of uh, Bride Reanimator, uh, but it was like, but because of Renegade. <laughs> yeah, it was because Renegade. Like these USA, like direct, like the like their TV, like that and Highlander the series, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was Paul Saturday Night yeah. in High School. Yeah, I I was one of the, the Lorenzo Lamas. Like that's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so the next one we've got here. Uh, first song on the mixtape is All the Pretty Faces by The Killers. The second song is Bubba's Song by Cody Hicks. The third song is We Are Family by Sister Sledge. Fourth song is Hot Chili by the Steve <laughs> Miller Band. And uh, the fifth song is Chainsaw by the Ramones. I was going to say, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> yes, it's <laughs> Leatherface. Yeah. Uh, See, I told you they're not that clever. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> uh, this is a tougher game to put together than people think. Yeah. <laughs> so for the next mixtape here, the first song is "Doll Parts" by Hole. Second song is "Hoodoo Voodoo Medicine Man" by Aerosmith. Third song is "Soul to Squeeze" by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Fourth song is "Serenity in Murder" by Slayer. And the fifth song is Andy, You're a Star by The Killers. 
Oh, Child's Play. Yep. Because you said Andy. And he said this whole, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Soul to Squeeze yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, Voodoo and Doll Parts. And, and Doll Parts. And Doll Parts. Uh, the next one on our list here, we've got first mixtape song is Mother by Danzig. Second song is Nobody Loves Me But My Mother by B.B. King. <laughs> Third song is Unhappy Birthday by The Smiths. Fourth song is Drowning Lessons by My Chemical Romance. <laughs> And the fifth song is Killing Is My Business in Business Is Good by Megadeth. I thought you were going to do the Man Behind the Mask, that uh, Alice Cooper song. <laughs> that's Jason Voorhees. That is yeah. correct. I did at one point contemplate picking, like particularly for these films that have you know large franchises, just picking songs from each of their soundtracks and being like, try and identify this film by the songs that were on its soundtracks. You could have done that one for all their their shooting titles were all uh, David Bowie songs. Oh, that's true, yeah. yeah you could have, like, I would have been confused, but that would have been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've only got two more. We're okay. flying through this game. That's because uh, I'm so good at it. No, you are. Yeah. Uh, first song on this mixtape is Possum Kingdom by the Toadies. Uh, second song is Up All Night by Slaughter. Third song is Broken Mirrors by Rise Against. Fourth song is Raining Blood by Slayer. And fifth song is With Teeth by Nine Inch Nails. Ugh. Um... Possum, a mirror, blood, um, possum with teeth. Uh, <laughs> possum and teeth are not connected. Not, not connected. <laughs> I was thinking of the rodents of unusual sizes from the Princess Bride. <laughs> the, the, they aren't really monsters. Um, playing dead is probably why I picked Possum Kingdom. And then the mirror, raining blood. Um, oh, I'm drawing a blank. I'm not sure. All right, well, um, I'll just say this. Uh, staying up all night, you'd sleep all day. Oh, okay, so this is some type of vampire. Is it Dracula? Yeah. Okay. Is, is it some kind of Dracula possum? <laughs> it's, it's Dracula. All righty, so this last one here, I'm going to preface this by saying that uh, – um, you, you, I, th- I believe you are uh, seven for seven on this. So I'm, I have all the confidence in you that you're going to get this right. I'm not seven for seven though. I've missed two. Like, really? Yeah. I did not get um, a reanimator. I did not get uh, Dracula to give me tips. So. All right. Well, apparently I'm not paying attention to my own game. Um, however, I think you're going to get this one real okay. easy. And when I say that, uh, you have to answer this question in a very specific way. Okay. So here are the tracks. All right, the first one, Gold Digger by Kanye West. Number two, I'm Looking Over a Four-Leaf Clover by Willie Nelson. <laughs> okay, continue. Number three, Whiskey in the Jar by Thin Lizzy. Okay. Number four, Rocket Man by Elton John. And number five, Wizard of the Hood by Insane Clown Posse. Is it Leprechaun? Um, was it Leprechaun? Is it... It's just the leprechaun. Okay, I didn't know if you want me to do like in the hood or back to the hood or in space. Um, yeah. You have to answer it as the leprechaun. The, le- the leprechaun. <laughs> yeah. So that was our mixtape yeah. game yes. with very, very easy to put no, together was, or very easy to answer. Uh, it's tough songs. because then like you start wanting to use the same song for everything. You're like, oh, that can't do that. Yeah, so. <laughs> I know that was fun. All right. So let's go do it for us this week. Next week, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, another sequel, The Dream Warriors. Yes. Because um, we've unrelated to the recording of the show, Steve and I have already kind of had a talk about like, you know, how we feel about this, but we haven't had a big talk about it. So yeah. you go back and rewatch it. Um, 
I just, you know, this is, I, I don't know if I saw this one in the theater. I don't, I, I saw the dream child in the theater. I know that for sure. Maybe I saw this one too. Uh, cause I remember the initial, uh, trailer for it freaked me out. Like, or the commercials on TV for it freaked me out. We'll get into the more of that next week. So, uh, yeah, we, we, we went from some Michael Myers. Now we're going to go to some Freddy Krueger. So, yeah. um, be a lot of fun. So, uh, have a safe week guys. Um, I don't know if you have a gun, lo- know how to load it and then shoot directly at the person. Don't w- get within arm's distance and then shoot and then miss. And I got one more thing. I wanted to mention this during our Halloween conversation, but I'm going to mention it now. Um, we talk about a lot of other podcasts that we enjoy and dig um, while we're recording. And uh, particularly on the concept of Halloween, um, the horror podcast Shockwaves is one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to. It's a weekly podcast. However, uh, this week they released a bonus episode, which was an interview with Nick Castle. Um, oh, nice. What's great about that too is is that Did they uh, talk about Last Starfighter. They mentioned Last Starfighter. <laughs> they don't they don't really talk about it, but they oh. the the interview starts off with Rob Galuzzo, who's one of the hosts, saying. You know, before we get into this, I just want to say thank you for the Last Starfighter, one of my favorite movies. Um, and uh, they do get into talk because he's co-writer of another movie that we just recently watched. He was co-writer on Escape from New York, mm-hmm. so they do talk about that and what uh, Carpenter's original draft was uh, versus the things that he brought to the table when he uh, co-wrote it with him. Okay, so, cool. some cool stuff in there, and then obviously lots of Halloween talk. So, uh, if you guys haven't listened to Shockwaves and you're a horror fan, I highly recommend it. Perfect. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. Again, have a good week, guys. And I, um, I just, I don't know. Don't get any thumbs in the forehead. I or anywhere else, really. I mean, except for your <laughs> yeah, hand. Yeah, thumbs that aren't your own shouldn't go, <laughs> shouldn't go in places. In you, that's your, that's your lesson for the week. <laughs>